You get in the bath tomorrow, you stinky little bitch. <laughs> start, the, start the session out on that, please. No context for that. None. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Everybody. So? Uh, today is... Friday, July 6th. It is the day after tomorrow. Uh, your flight is at 7.45 a.m. Well, that only really matters to uh, Grant and Steiner, because Roxanne <laughs> is staying at home until she's clear to just teleport. Tragically homestuck. <laughs> so, boys... What time do you wake up? I want to say that Steiner is a dad adjacent enough that he wakes up like four hours early for a flight. <laughs> oh, no. That means I'm the dad, too. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I mean, what same. day was, Ju- was uh, July 6th? Friday. Damn it! If only it was the 7th. Because Saturdays <laughs> are made for dads. <laughs> and dad's car <laughs> and dad's car goodness yeah Grant will probably also wake up like four hours before he needs to start moving towards the airport which I'm sure is going to be a lot closer for him than it will be for Steiner yeah I mean the, the two of you are getting picked up by Emery okay yeah Steiner's been just up making sure that all this shit is ready and making sure he can just grab and go when he needs to. And he's going to do what I do whenever I have to fly, which is just sleep on the fucking plane because fuck all that nonsense. Yeah. The first <laughs> right time on. I ever flew was like, wow, this is amazing. A modern fucking miracle. The second time I ever flew was like, fuck this. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Point the plane into the ground, please. Augur me into the earth and put a tombstone on top of it. Someone please pause existence <laughs> until this is over. Uh, okay, so God, how how early are you supposed to arrive at, at at the airport? I think they say at least three hours. Hell yeah! Who doesn't want to spend three hours at an airport? I don't know. Like a big city airport is basically just a mall where everything's really expensive. So, so it's mall. a mall. I've been to LAX. A couple of times. It's, uh, it big. I was at uh, BWI to fly up to Buffalo to visit my girlfriend, and a bag, a normal, regular size bag of chips was like $3. And I was like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? It's because where the fuck else are you going to go? They got you. They fucking yeah, they they know do. it. <laughs> at McCarran, you can gamble while you wait for your plane. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a joke. Let's go to Chili's where the appetizers are $15. Exactly. So now, now I gotta look up real quick because I know that like LAX has like actual ass stores and restaurants in it. That's like a big city airport. Like a big airport is just a mall where planes fly in and out of. <laughs> yeah, I think right. Karen literally does have a Chili's. <laughs> Uh, the airport in Buffalo has an anchor bar in it, which is where 
it's not that specific anchor bar, but there is an anchor bar in Buffalo that is the ori- home of the original Buffalo Wing. They're all right. Yeah, <laughs> I've eaten at that specific anchor bar, actually. So have I. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it was so, all right. The wings were all right. So, yeah, so, so, so. So we're not so we're not doing this all night long. Um, Why not? <laughs> I love our banter. Because Colin has work in the morning. Yes. Look, <sighs> I'm down to bullshit forever, but I got to be considerate to my players. Thanks. So, uh, I want to start right. an airplane podcast. <laughs> so. Well, actually, hold on. I want to do a thing real quick before I go. Uh-huh. Because Steiner is fairly freaked out by this shit. Because worm the size of California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be here any minute. Gregory, I've been doing some thinking. Um, there's a very real possibility that I may not come back from this. As such, there's a new directory in my personal computer. If I am not back by the end of the month, the contents of it are yours to do with as you will. Edward, this is extremely upsetting. Well, I don't plan on dying, but it is an actual possibility here. I mean, suppose it's a possibility every time I go on one of these things, but it just seems more real this time. And I just want to be prepared in the event of the unthinkable. Edward, I would like to request phone access. All right. All right, yes, of course. Edwin, I will be calling you every 12 hours. That seems a little excessive, but all right. Uh, I was that. not aware that I could feel this much anxiety until this moment. I wasn't either. You have frightened me, and I am not okay with it. I am going to be working to ensure your health. Well, I'm frightened too. I understand. Listen, I just, I don't plan on dying, but just to be sure. It's just a little thing I'm preparing to make sure that you will be all right on your own, all right? I understand. Please be safe. All right, I will do my best. Do not be killed by a worm the size of California. Thank you. Right. Okay. That's all all I wanted to do. Yep, yep. So, uh, shortly after that finishes, you get pinged, Steiner, saying, hey, we're outside. Right. Head on out and give me a rear wave. Load up and head out. Mm-hmm. Grant, not too, too long afterwards, you are picked up as well. Mm-hmm. Shove my luggage in the car and... I guess not nap. What's uh, what's the story on Otis, BT Dubs? I would have assumed I would assume that I would give Otis to Lolo to watch until I get back. Okay. How much have you told Lolo, by the way? Uh, I would have told her that you know, I'm I'm going to NorCal for Raven's business. I will do my damnedest to come back and in one piece. All right. <laughs> you would have gotten 
If she would have gotten some concerned looks about that. If she, if she, if she asks about it, I will tell her more, but that is the initial stuff that I would tell her because I'm trying not to worry her too much. Eh, I'm not going to rule that she's pretty good at reading you, and so she's able to tell that you don't want to talk about it. I will talk about it more when I come back alive. <laughs> All right. So the four of you, because little Miss Maggie is in the car as well, four of you get to LAX, you pay for parking, load up into the terminal, check your bags, uh, and then get into the sort of waiting area. And you've got like, like an hour and a half before you're supposed to start boarding. What all do you get up to in that time? Well, first of all, I would like to note that Grant, for once, is not wearing his vest, so he kind of looks weird. It's very rare to see him without it. Um, I actually had thoughts, because we're about to go through security, and I have a metal arm. And so does Emery, come to think of it. Well, a metal leg. So right. I spent the time I didn't spend packing building basically fake prosthesis disguises so they just look like regular prosthesis instead of highly advanced tactical wizard bullshit <laughs> alright sure 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 um, I'm also only wearing the old carbon fiber or the cold carbon mesh shit that I had before the actual my new shit my new gear is and spread across a couple different bags that are getting checked <laughs> so I'm not bringing anything hopefully like I'm expecting the the metal arm to set off the detector, but I think I've disguised it well enough that it will just appear like a regular prosthesis and will just wave me through. Right, right, right. It's uh, it's 2012. We are not at the stage where we are 3D printing prosthesis parts, so they right. they are expecting it to be metal. If you like, tell them in advance, like, hey, this is artificial. Also motions at Emery. This is artificial. It's going to set off your alarms. Please don't I, panic. I think we've set that up. We probably had to talk and set that up and do that in advance. Just like take a few pieces, just a few aesthetic little coverings off and make it look shittier. Right. Slap some plastic on there. That doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Alright. So, again, what all do the two of you get up to? in uh in the like what i say 90 minutes until loading time three dollars for a bag of chips are they fucking insane <laughs> no they just know they have you by the short hairs mr Hairs. Oh, oh my god i'm just gonna Not sit here and i'm gonna on a raven salary can you afford airport I'm... food <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna sit here and i'm gonna play my ds until i, I guess they call us to i i fucking like linked you the Oh, wait. Yeah, hold on a second. The LAX website. I, I just now noticed that. I'm sorry. Oh, they have a Pinkberry. They have a Planet Hollywood. Oh, boy. Let's go eat really... Let's go even... Let's go eat really mediocre, obscenely expensive food, because it's normally just really expensive, but it's... For some airport. reason, it's just like the... The phrase Asian street eats is just messing with me, and I don't know <laughs> why. They apparently have three different Starbucks. Well, of course. They have a dunk oh, they have a Duncan. This is an airport larger than some towns. 
I'm a little surprised that Grant isn't going for Asian street eats. They have pot stickers and rice bowls. Hmm. But it's also extremely expensive. You get paid raven money, you colossal What is the feed factory? I gotta figure, I gotta see what the hell this is. It just sells beads. <laughs> it's beads? just a shop at an airport that sells entirely beads and gaudy ass jewelry. Who is going to go onto an airplane and think, you know what I need to bring onto this airplane? Thousands of small plastic bits. <laughs> you like beads? Actually, Grant is going to browse in there, browse in there, and it's like, oh my god, it's like Mardi Gras. Hi, uh, do you have anything metal and shitty looking? <laughs> <laughs> my aesthetic is poison dart frog. I need something that says, "Don't touch me." <laughs> oh, you're picking something up for Roxanne. Yeah, you're getting a a fucking airport gift shop goodie for your sister, Grant. I mean, if she wants one, sure, I'll. No, it was a joke about don't touch me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, so Grant, while you are like cruising around look at, looking at all the dumb shit for sale around here, you uh I'm going to rule that at one point you duck into a bookstore. Okay. Does that seem like a reasonable thing that I can declare? Yeah. Is yeah. it the one called Book Soup? Sure. Yes. You duck into Book Soup. I- I will 100% duck into book soup. Is it books or soup? <laughs> Who knows? Is book soup an alphabet soup? Well, uh, it's a more advanced alphabet soup. While you are browsing, lo and behold, you run across Ashley Arias thumbing through a, f- a fucking Harlequin novel. Every time, every time I turn around, I'm not even going to be in SoCal for days, and here you are. You know, you're getting all indignant about it, but if I didn't know any better, I'd think you were stalking me. <laughs> Only the one time. And I bought you lunch because of it. Be terrible at stalking, he jingles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh... You're heading somewhere. Is yes. this a business or pleasure flight, Grant Harrison? Pleasure. Hold on, I'm trying to determine if I actually want to tell her or not. Hey, uh, Ashley, the world's gonna end. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell her. It's a uh, business. Huh. I didn't actually expect you to tell me the truth. All right. Yeah, well, I'm trying not to be as big a piece of shit to you. It's appreciated. Do they have anything good here that isn't, like, obscenely expensive, or...? Uh, it's... no. It's an airport. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna level with you. I've never been in an airport before. The furthest down south I went from Manhattan was West Virginia. The furthest up north I from Manhattan I I was has been Salem. Like those are both four hour drives. We've never had to have reason to go flying anywhere. Huh. Well. Uh 
congratulations. I hope you enjoy your virgin flight. It is statistically safer than driving. Something I also don't do. Uh, she shrugs. Hey, I'm in the mood for frozen yogurt. How about you? Sure, I could go for some frozen yogurt. She will head towards the pink berry. Okay. Do you want to flag down anybody else on your team? Hey, guys, want to go eat frozen yogurt with the cops? Actually, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, I'll send a group text. Hey, frozen yogurt at Pinkberry, uh, Ashley's Street. I'll go for some Froyo. <laughs> You'll get a couple of exclamation points from Magpie, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she and Emery will show up. Huh. <sighs> Oh, look at this. It's the it's the whole cell, except I guess for the one who, who can't be in an airport. Yeah, be kind of hard for her to show up in an airport. Hmm. I don't think she'd make it through security. <laughs> no, I have a feeling that they'd have a little bit of objections to, to her. Ah. So, Miss Harris, if I may ask, um, one doesn't typically spend their Friday morning in an airport without good reason. What brings you to LAX? I've, uh, I have some business on the East Coast. Huh. It should only take a couple of days, but I'll be back. Oh, okay. don't you worry, you're not going to be rid of me so quickly. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. But I genuinely wish you luck with your business, and, um, yes... Hopefully we each are successful in our own little endeavors. And mm -hmm. Likewise, I wish you all the luck in the world, so long as it's not illegal. I don't think anything we do is legal. She kind of shrugs at that. Most oh. of it isn't. While I have you all here, something's been bothering me. And I recognize you're probably not too keen on giving up information. But, um, just for academic purposes, it's the, uh, the Displacer Beast a couple of weeks ago. Y'all remember that, right? Of course. Yes. Magpie currently has a big old mouthful of frozen yogurt, so she doesn't say anything, <laughs> but Death Emery player. nods and confirms. She says, oh, so that's not the first Displacer Beast we've ever gotten our hands on. And, uh... This one was odd. Too many legs, too many tentacles. The uh, the internal biology was really different too. Do you uh you wouldn't happen to know anything about like mutant creatures from a side, would you? Hmm. Well. See, I'm a bit loath to just freely give information. As I knew you would be. I know you had pretty damn good free mouth at the convention center. It was a mistake. I apologized. I'm sorry. Uh, Alright. So, how about a little tit for tat? Hmm? I'm just... I'm just a little bit curious. So I know that you um, 
take some of your targets in alive from some of them you interrogate, but the, um, some of them you, I presume, take apart, the, um, non-sapient ones, at least I hope that's the case. We very much don't, uh, conduct autopsies on anyone alive, and, uh, well, I mean, humans conduct autopsies on other humans, I don't see why say a human conducting an autopsy on an elf should be out of the question. But it is always autopsies. Right. So my question is, and I feel free not to answer and we will reply in turn, but aside from just general knowledge of how what you said, A-side? works. What do you hope to gain from these? Well, the, uh, the answer to that question sort of varies depending on who you ask in the department. If you are asking me, that's one answer. If you are asking for the entire department, that's another. Which do you want? How about you? What do you stand? What do you want from this? What is your end goal here? I'm not under any sort of delusion that we're going to be able to keep a lid on this in perpetuity. This is all going to come out eventually. Hmm. And when that happens, I want to be able to put something in the hand of every single normal person on Earth that can defend them against every single magical being in existence. I'm sick to death of normal people being victimized by whatever monster finds its way over here. So I'm trying to figure out how to create devices, objects, any sort of anything that regular people can use that can defend them give them a means to be safe in a world where magic is running rampant. Grant is very pointedly just eating his frozen yogurt at, as slowly as possible to keep his mouth busy so that way he doesn't open it and say something extremely dumb. <laughs> well, I can't say that I approve of giving just anyone, just giving the common man access to magic and other forms of supernatural defense. I've met the common man. They tend to be stupid. I'm but... not, uh, let, let me clarify here, Doctor, then. I'm not interested in handing everybody guns. I'm much more interested in handing everybody shields. Alright, that's fair. That's fair. The way you talk, though, makes it sound like you expect this to just spill over like a boiling pot instead of a slow trickle. I prefer to expect the worst. That's a fair attitude. All right. Um, well, you answered me, honestly. And uh, Steiner turns to look at Emery and Magpie. Just kind of given like a questioning look. What question are you asking them? Like, is it cool if I give knowledge in return? Are you too cool with that? Magpie 
kind of shrugs and Emery just nods. All right. So I tell you what we do now. Um, we've only encountered one other mutant creature, but it was quite an anomaly. It was a cockatrice that um, seemed to have have the traits of uh, partially a dragon. It was quite a bit larger and more dangerous than your average cockatrice, which is already a fair bit, uh, a fair bit of danger. Um, it's been dealt with, and I don't. I should hope so. Yes. Yes, it's been it's it's taken care of. But um actually out of character, I don't remember if we found out how it mutated or if it was just like we went over there and they're like, we don't fucking know. It was like obliquely implied by the Queen of the Summer Court that it was a science experiment by the Spring Court. Okay. All right. We questioned, as you say, a side, and they were loath to give up any information, but I got the sense that they knew more than they let on. But that's the Fae for you. That's the only other mutant creature besides the Displacer Beast that we've encountered so far. Hmm. Is this a satisfactory answer for you? You have no information on which court in particular it might have originated from? Um, let me see. What was it? The summer court we went to? Summer said it was spring. Eh, they of course would say that. No, if they were gonna pointlessly blame, pin the blame on anybody, they would have pointlessly uh, pinned it on winter. So if they're saying it's spring, oh, okay. I, I, believe, I would believe them. Well, I mean, that's the word of the Fae. Uh, they're either telling you the absolute 100% truth or they're lying to your face. Hey. That's... Um, I'm not wrong, you know it. You're generalizing a lot. That's fair. interesting. All right. Do you happen to know if the uh, if our mutant cat came from the same court? Nope. Unfortunately, we don't have we weren't able to examine it at all, so we have no information to go on. I would like to remind you, this was an extremely minor detail, and it was on purpose. The, uh, the greeter for the spring court kind of freaked out when you said that you were hunting a displacer beast. Was actually Steiner, no, Steiner was there for that, wasn't he? Yeah, all of you were. Yeah. Okay. Ah, that's enough of a minor detail that it could have just easily slipped Steiner's mind, so I don't think he's intentionally lying about this one. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. And if we happen to get our hands on any members of the Spring Court who feel like who are able to share that kind of information, we'll be sure to press that line of questioning. Well, that's a little disturbing. Grant is one hundred percent not looking at uh at Arius now, considering where Amalia is from. Uh, well, I appreciate the talk and the frozen yogurt. Um, Magpie's got like six cups stacked up. <laughs> I was wondering how many she's had so far. 
This has been interesting, but um, I do have a plane to catch in what's probably now about 60 minutes. <laughs> but, um... Please don't feel obligated to sit and make small talk with me. I understand. Right. I do some enjoy, on a level enjoy our talks. It's just, um, this one's a little awkward. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody enjoys talking to me, she says, shooting a wink at Grant. Listen, I'm just happy that you're willing to buy me frozen yogurt. I'm, I'm actually surprised you're willing to buy Magpie frozen yogurt, considering how many she's gone through. That's like $200 of yogurt right there. <laughs> she shrugs. Yeah, I can write it off as a business expense. <sighs> so, the, uh... Five of you can eat and eventually dismiss yourselves when you've decided that the situation's too awkward to keep it up and then hang out in the, like, boarding area. And then comes time to board. You all do. You load up. Tell me, Colin, how does Grant handle his uh, his first flight? Honestly, he is probably so exhausted that he's probably sleeping the whole th- through the whole thing. <laughs> All right. I honestly, like me personally, I have never been nervous about flying. Like never. I usually I've, get I've, a little nervous. That's not the fear of flying. It's just that I'm aware that my hands are that I'm aware that in my life is in the hands of the lowest bidder. Um, but like statistically, like it, it is true. Statistically, flying is the safest form of travel, and Grant would just keep saying that to himself until he falls asleep. It's only because you don't <laughs> fly every single day of your life. Well, also because there's a lot less traffic in the air. Well, if you flew as much as you drew, that statistic would go way up. Yeah. Probably. I have a question. What seat does Grant have? An aisle seat, middle seat, window seat. Grant figures that if we have if we have any window seats, Magpie would just immediately jump on that. I have a, here's a question, actually. Do the Ravens shell out for business class, or are we all flying coach? <laughs> you know what? Sure. You're not you're not in first class, but you're not you're not in the back of the bus either. Okay. I'll take an aisle seat then. Alright. <laughs> Everybody is in first class except Grant, who is in no class. <laughs> <laughs> Grant has never had uh, class in his life and you know it. That was the joke, thank you. Yeah, because he keeps skipping school. Alright, so it's uh it is an hour and forty five minute flight up. In the meantime... In the meantime, Roxanne. Oh, oh, hey. I'm in this game. Oh, hey. You're in this game. You get your own little scene here. So, the, uh... So, headquarters is not empty, aside from you. The, The ravens who came out of state are staying here. Oh, boy. Emery has offered up their bedroom and then just like sleeping on the couch and shit. So they're all downstairs, just like acquainting themselves with the house. Uh, what are you up to right now? Uh, probably just uh, cataloging my stuff so I can know if they touch it. No, um, 
no, no, no. Roxanne's not that kind of person. Probably just, uh, you know, maybe making a bit of small talk with their ravens from uh, out of state and just uh, waiting to hear from everybody else so she can, you know, leave. Mm-hmm. Getting her stuff in order, I guess, also, because she has more time to do it. Right, right, right. Can I fit a xylophone in my suitcase? <laughs> you could just teleport back and forth. You can come home every night if you want. Oh, shit. Sure. <laughs> so, while you are uh, downstairs, there mm-hmm. is a, a little tap-tap-tapping on the sliding glass door to the little patio outside. Oh. Uh, I take a look through the sliding glass door and see who's there. Down on the ground is a small black bird. Oh, this. You'll take a look at the at roll 20. I've linked a picture of the bird. Roxanne gets bird time. Uh, yes, I see it in the Discord where you linked it. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what kind of bird this is. I don't know. It's too big looking to be a grackle, so I'm not going to guess it's a grackle. It, like, it looks up at you and like pecks on the door and sort of tweets. <sighs> I've heard from... Grant and Dr. Steiner about their encounter with birds, right? Mm-hmm. It's been in the group chat both times it's happened. Yeah. I just take a picture of the bird and post it in the group chat and say, hey, guess what I get to do today? Just let <laughs> it in. Don't even fight it. I step out onto the back patio rather than letting a bird in a house with two uh, mutant cats, I guess. Not mutant, but you know what I mean. Two cryptic cats. Two magical cats. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, the second you open the door, the bird flits up and roosts on top of your head. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So, what then? I get to just sit here and uh, hang out with a bird since I'm not a wizard or uh, wizard adjacent. Eh, you've got a bird. What would you like to do with this bird? I'm just going to chill with the bird. I mean, what do you what do you do with the bird? That's a good question. I don't have an answer to it. Let me just chill with it. I funny story this has almost literally happened to me before um uh, except it was with a uh i can't remember the name of the bird i'll tell you later <laughs> yeah, just uh the back patio is like enclosed right it's open open well okay. like there there's a wall but it like comes up to your like mid chest level I probably just like take it. Uh, Roxanne probably takes like a seat on the ground so she's not like nobody can like see her very well. And just chills <laughs> in the, on, out on the patio with her new bird friend. Or, uh. <laughs> Alright. I mean, I suppose I could ask one of the uh, ravens that came to visit. Hey, are any of you guys wizards and know anything about birds? 
uh, you get a couple of, like, there's a bunch of oars there. You've got a couple of wizards. You've got one guy who knows about birds, but there's no intersection there. All right, I'm just going to be like, yeah, we've got this thing where birds keep showing up. Ah, uh, this is the first time it's happened to me, but like they just, they just chill. And, ah, uh, I look to the one that knows about birds. Can you like tell me what kind of bird this is, by the way? Do you know? He'll, uh, he'll go up to the bird and just kind of like examine it. And he's like, huh, that's a black cardinal. I don't see too many of those. Wow, that's my first time seeing one, so... Yeah, the church has really got an inclusivity problem. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh... The more magically inclined one of us has been tracking these things, and they keep... I guess they keep going down to... Hammett thereabouts, which, you know, I guess doesn't mean much if you're from out of state. Eh, no. Alright, well, thanks. I guess I'm just gonna go hang out outside with this bird so that my cat doesn't try and eat it. Yeah, if you are having this conversation inside and Cora is, like, prowling around at your feet, looking at the bird, because even though you are doing a good job of, like, acclimating her to domestic life, she is still, like, a, a hunter kitten so at one point she like gets up onto the couch and then does that thing where she sinks low and does the the, the hunter cat butt wiggle. <laughs> I just I just look at her and say, don't even try it. You're cute, but don't act like I'm not gonna put you in a carrier. <laughs> she uh she waits until you turn around to walk outside before she pounces, but she is she is small cat. So she misses. She just hear the hear the thump of a cat hitting the ground. <laughs> oh. Thankfully, this one has extra feet to land on. <laughs> uh, tiny dumb kitty. Right. Yeah, the uh, the bird behaves the same as the other birds did. It just kind of hangs out, and, like watches you, watches the house. Doesn't really go anywhere. I'm just gonna like have like a running conversation with the bird since I guess Grant mentioned that someone's like scrying through the bird, right? Presumably there's somebody yes. on the other end that I could just talk to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, oh, I don't really know who's on the other end of this thing, but you know. You know, yeah. So you can have a, a one-sided conversation with whomstever is daring to scry you through this small bird. Weird spy person. I mean, I can't presume that they're my friend, but it's always nice to be polite. Yeah. Head on. Even if you can't get to know them, they can get to know you. <laughs> Which is probably the, the idea, but we'll see. So, um, 
hour, 45 minutes later, Granton Steiner, you can land at Reading Municipal Airport, collect your bags, and get outside. Emery has got a car rented in advance. And at this point, I can change maps. Ooh. Fancy schmancy. So, in the upper left corner, that's Reading. That's more like a pinking to me. <laughs> Go to jail. <laughs> uh, so, Reading is not a huge town, so it's, it doesn't take you too too long to like get into it from the airport. The the airports and sort of the southeastern corner of it, and you're heading to the Red Lion Hotel, which is the building I've got in the upper right-hand corner. It looks nice. Yeah. Is Shasta Lake where they store all of that gross Shasta? I've stayed in worse-looking hotels. It's pretty. Reading is a very pretty city. Uh, like the all of NorCal, honestly, is really quite pretty. It's very heavily wooded, and uh, the mountains are like omnipresent. So you uh, you all check into Red Lion Hotel, and you've got what's the this would have been worked out in advance. What's the room arrangement going to be like? I would imagine Steiner and Grant in one room, Magpie and Emery in, the, in another. That's pretty fair. Then Roxanne goes home to sleep in her own bed every night. She's yeah. cool like that. God dang, I really wish I could cheat and teleport everywhere too. Check your fucking angelic privilege. I know, God. right? Well, if I really wanted to, I could take a class. No, I actually can't take a cross-class move anymore. I'm out of those from this class. Uh, so, after you all check in and offload all your bags, you all pile back into the car. And you are heading for a small bar more towards the center of the city. Somebody give me a clever name for a bar. P.T.'s Pub. No. Two by four. All right, you're going to the two by four. I get it. So you're all heading for the two by four. Uh, once you get in, Emery heads over to the bartender, and they obviously recognize each other. Uh, the the bartender's like, "Hey, uh, Emery, yeah, uh, cool, good. You're you are you guys are almost the last ones to arrive." But uh, not quite. And Emery shakes hands with the bartender and is like, "Well, it's uh, it's, uh some people uh like to uh, sleep in uh, uh, a little bit late, and so we couldn't get as early of a flight as we would have liked." And Magpie in the corner is like, "I am a child, and I need my sleep." And uh, the bartender thumbs towards the door and say, uh, you know how to get back there, right? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, it's the um, fourth shelf, third from the right. Bartender's like, yep. So 
the lot of you can head back. And in this area, there are racks of alcoholic bottles. As you would expect in a bar. And Emery goes up to the, uh, the designated position and pulls the bottle towards you all. And it doesn't come all the way off the shelf because it's on some sort of loader. Because once they pull it past a certain point, there's like a boom behind you all. And a set of stairs has just dropped down into the floor. See, in my experience, alcohol usually closes doors. (laughs) (laughs) So I figure at some point, Roxanne can be invited to join the scene. Yeah, uh, I will send a text to Roxanne saying, hey, it's safe to teleport to my location. Cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna teleport. I got a question for you, though, Roxanne. Yeah? We know that you can take animals with you. I'm not taking the bird with me. Aw, you're not gonna take the bird? You should take the bird! The bird will just show up here anyway. Yeah, but like a few days, but... I don't feel like I should take a spy bird with me and also teleport a bird halfway across the... Well, not halfway across the street. Across the state. Yeah, but consider this. The bird absolutely is not expecting that. (laughs) You will confuse the hell out of this cardinal. Yes, please. Please take the bird. Okay. I'm going to do it, but only on the condition that you told me to do it, so it's not my fault if anything bad happens. Because Okay. Okay. I'm going to teleport and I'm going to bring the bird with me. <laughs> that is the word on the bird. So it is in canon now that the bird is here and it's all Grant's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just sucks my hold on, I gotta get rid of the bird. And Grant's like, no, just bring the bird with you. It's fine, <laughs> I think. If you hadn't brought the bird, you would have, like, turned a corner and the bird would be there like that. Like, Watson in that one video. A very tired (laughs) bird shows up a day later. (laughs) No, you just open a door and, like, the bird's just standing there and staring at you and then flies on your head very pointedly. Like, the bird just starts rendering in in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the, uh, the two of you, Roxanne plus bird, materialize in. The bird kind of freaks out a little because the bird just got teleported. Well, something made it made it freak out. This bird responded to something. Take that, you feathered asshole. Flying's not so great now, is it? <laughs> yeah, I bet you wish you could teleport. It it flies around the room in a bit of a panic. Signal lost. Secret, I told you this was a stupid idea. At least it's not shitting everywhere. Uh, if it shits on me, you are going to clean it up. I don't care if you freeze your fingers. <laughs> so, uh, the five of you plus bird can that's, make... That's the start of a sitcom there. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on ABC. You can make your way downstairs and you come to what it, what very much feels like a speakeasy. Was it a speakeasy? Uh, I don't know if speakeasies were a thing on the West Coast. Uh, did, they not, did they not drink on the West Coast? 
I just I don't know. I honestly don't know. I always sort of thought of that as like a it's like no further than Chicago kind of thing. But if California had speakeasies, then yeah, it used to be a speakeasy. Secret California it. bars during the Prohibition era, era. Secret bars or speakeasies popped up in hidden places, and that's like the first thing that pops up when I Google where speakeasies in the West Coast. There yeah, we go. Figure if there was a drinking culture, and there absolutely was in that time and period in America, then there was there were speakeasies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so so yes, this very much obviously used to be a speakeasy, and it's been converted into some sort of Ravens meeting ground. So there are like tables and chairs. There's a bar that is unmanned, but it is stocked if any of you feel like getting drunk. Uh, There is a flag on sort of the back wall that is the California flag, but it's got some kind of emblem in the center. It's like a moth inside of a circle, but where the head should be, there's an eye, and it's red and green. God, that bear looks like it's looking at me, and I don't like it. And, uh... All throughout the room, in little groups, there are 15 people. Oh my god! Alright, let's take a good look at this. One of those is just a homestuck. (laughs) I think this one is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This one with the dogs. Oh, yeah, that is... That does look like a JoJo's. That's not a JoJo, that's a Hunter Hunter. Oh, yeah, I recognize that. Okay. Um, Let's see. This one is Jet Set Radio. Uh, That's a Star Wars. Oh, yeah, that's... Fuck, who is that? Which one's a Star Wars? That looks like a Jet Set Radio character. The one next to the Jet Set Radio. I think that's Kyle Katarn, actually. No, it's not. It's an original character design. Ah, that's Mr. Donut Steel himself. (laughs) Oh, I see him now. Yeah, okay. He's in the center. All right. So, uh, as you all walk inside, like a couple of them just sort of look at you. A couple of them get up. Of note, on this picture, the uh, the woman in the center with the blue background, she's not here. Okay. Uh, she's not in the room. The one from Persona, got it. Yes, yes. The the one that I sourced from as from a Persona Five character. She is not in the room. Everybody else is here, though. And uh, so uh, a couple of them get up and, like, approach the group and specifically, like, approach Emery and Magpie because they obviously know them. The the dude with the... Look, folks at home, just Google Hunter Hunter Knuckle. That's that's the character. That's what this guy looks like. <laughs> to a T. Pompadour and all. Uh, he's up there. The older black man... The one who's up in the upper left-hand corner, he comes up to Emery. And uh, the dude with all the floating hands and the tattoos, they come up as well. And the the one with the pompadour is like, uh, Hey, uh, hey, chief. Uh, you're not on your cane anymore. And Emery's like, y- yeah, I... Uh, and they put their hand on Steiner's shoulder. I found someone who could uh, fix my leg for me. 
I didn't so much fix it as I just made a new one. And the dude with the pompadour looks at you and like kind of starts crying a little bit and he scoops you up in this kind of crushing hug. We're doing this. All right. (laughs) You're very, you're a lot stronger than you look. All right. (laughs) He is a bit stronger than he looks. Grant is just looking around the room and and being like, finally, I'm not the loudest one in any given room. (laughs) And, uh, so the, the one with the pompadour puts you down and just, he, he is like slowly moving towards ugly crying. <laughs> oh, he's oh, like, oh, okay. all right. Um, all right. Yeah, that's, mm. yep. You're, it's fine. Yep. I, oh, fuck it. I can't thank you enough for what you did for them. Holy shit. I, I was there when they got bit and I couldn't do a fucking thing and it's been killing me forever. And, and now he is actually ugly crying. Okay, let's just. It's, You're crying it's more than okay. they did. Um, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, well, uh, introductions are in order. I am Dr. Edwin Steiner. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. As soon as the words Dr. Edwin Steiner come out of your mouth, someone towards the back of the room, like, slams on the table and says, I fucking knew it was you, PG. What the hell? I didn't recognize you without the glasses. Ah, uh, this is yeah. great. Which one specifically said that? The one towards the center with the dog tags. Oh, the Kyle Katarn looking motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so this guy in the back of the room, he he's got like dark pants and kind of a like a sleeveless leather vest and a pair of dog tags around his neck and a white undershirt, like a beard mustache kind of combo going on. Steiner, it's kind of weird. Because only one person has ever called you PG. That's because he calls everybody like that for like a first name, last name, initial kind of combo. He does that with everyone. And you didn't recognize him. One, because it's been 10 years since you last saw him. And two, you kind of like edited out seeing him from your list of things I would ever expect because Victor told you he's dead. Oh. That's Alex Navarro. Alex Navarro. Uh, Steiner, you have a friend! You're dead! (laughs) Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. Victor said you were dead! Yeah. What the hell? What? what It's good to see you, man, but what the hell? Steiner is called... (laughs) Please, don't be so insensitive. They're called revenants. Oh my god. (laughs) No, no. None of that, oh. kid. None of that. Oh, okay. It's it's a trick. All those, uh, he points at Steiner. I guess you know all those stories I told you were true now, and I, uh, I, I was working yeah, on it's something. Been, um, it's been a, been a fucking trip. Yeah, so, I've uh, seen things I could never have imagined. God. I, I think I owe you a several apologies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? At least three. It's all water under the bridge now. Uh, but, like... So, you've, uh, uh, Victor's come and talked to you, I guess. Yeah, Uh, it's... It's a whole thing. I'm not sure what he's up to. Uh, well, uh, what he's up to is the reason why he thinks I'm dead, and why you thought I was dead until just now. Alright, you have my full and undivided attention. Well... 
I, uh, it's, it's probably something we should, uh, talk about just the two of us later. It's, uh, it's kind of old business, kind of new. Have uh, you met, uh, my friends here? Um, hi, I'm is, Grant uh, Harrison. Right, Grant Harrison. Hi, I'm Roxanne. This is Alex. He worked for me when I used to be Professor Gears. Yeah, I kind of gathered that much. Right. Well, oh, they know. Huh. Yeah. Yes, we had a whole conversation. All right, sure. There was everyone who just kind of laid bare the whole... laid bare their bullshit. It was right. a thing. Well. Which has told me to cut that shit out, so... <laughs> right on. You know, sounds sounds pretty valid. Which tells you to cut some shit out, you do it. Right, thank you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... GH, it's good to RH, see you, good to know you. Yeah, great to you see you great. too. <laughs> I specifically didn't say Roxanne Harrison, but you know what? She Wait, didn't what did you say? She just said, hi, I'm Roxanne. Oh. There's a family resemblance. He can, he picks up on it. <laughs> yes, there's a family resemblance between the man, the, the, the five, man, the five same man. Eyes. You have your several <laughs> same dozen eyes. Yes, exactly. All right, all right. My, I'm just my coming mistake. to eyeballs. <laughs> Alright. Alright, yeah, so, um, so, obviously, faked my death. Uh, I'm very good at doing that. You, uh, do you want to see how I did it? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Alright. He sort of holds his arms out. Hit me. Alright, but I warn you, I can hit fairly hard and I fire up the armor. <laughs> <laughs> Probably don't need to hit me that hard. Just spoil sport. <laughs> <laughs> Look Shit. later, all right. We're technically on business. I don't want to get laid the fuck out when I have to attend a meeting. All right, just just quick hit in the stomach. What with the metal arm? <laughs> all right. So the moment you uh, make contact with him, he drops. Like, he doesn't go 100% limp, but, like, he, he goes back and hits the ground. And um, he's not breathing. He's got the dead ringer. <laughs> Alec? Alex? I think he killed him. Yeah. But I think he's dead, dead man. Oh, shit, he was allergic to iron, apparently. <laughs> Someone from the back of the room goes, check his pulse. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I check his pulse. There's nothing there. He's dead. No pulse. He's dead, man. He killed him. That is a hell of a trick. What do you call that? <laughs> so then, Steiner, you get tapped on the shoulder, and from behind you, Alex says, playing possum. That was unbelievably cool. How do you stop yeah. your own heart? So, the body on the ground doesn't go away. You'll notice, now that... Now that Alex is, like, behind you and up and about and talking, the body on the ground doesn't go away. That's a trick. What do you do I... with the extra body? That's a trick and a half. Typically, you know, if we're on the job, I just let the janitors take care of it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the for the first one, that was, uh, that's what, Vic, that's what I left with Victor. Christ, you never have to go to any social obligations ever. <laughs> well... I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I get hit, 
uh, I drop a dead body, and then I've got this cool little magic trick that basically removes me from all forms of perception. How many times can you do that? Uh, I've never hit an upper limit. Huh. Like, I mean, like in a day. Is it strenuous, or...? Eh. Takes a little bit out of me, but... Like I huh. said, I've never hit an upper limit. I've never been hit so many times that I've run out of juice. Steiner, this guy's way cooler than you. I yeah, I feel think somebody could make dying look cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. You're welcome to your own opinions. <laughs> so this is what you've been doing then, huh? Makes sense. Yeah, uh, small fucking world, I guess. We, uh, you know, things started up with Victor. I had to get out of there, and I wound up coming here, and then uh, BL found me, and I started working for the Ravens around here, over in Sacramento. I'm, hmm. uh, I'm in the Mid-Cal group. Well, I'm in the SoCal, specifically, you know, LA. Uh, I've had, well, all right, I suppose I should know what's been happening with me, though I imagine you've been keeping tabs on me. Uh, no, not at all. Hmm. Ah, uh, well, uh, a little bit disappointed. Um, <laughs> so after the whole incident with the ram, um, built myself, uh, this fancy new arm. Very nice. Uh, just kind of went underground for a little while and fixed some information and got hired on Caltech as a professor. So there's a little bit of irony in that. But that's what I've been doing for 10 years or so until sometime last year. Earlier Actually, this year. One... It was like was really I... early into the year. It was like January was 3rd. January 3rd. Yeah. Early in, early in the year, like early January, I got kind of stumbled, let's say stumbled, more like shoved into the path of these two here. And, I... um,. Not pointing to you. Don't act like you don't like us. It's pointing to Emery and Magpie. Oh. Oh, okay. Don't act like you don't like them. <laughs> and, um... Uh, my particular skill set uh, came in useful, and... Honestly, I just kind of jumped at the chance to have an exciting life again. Eh, I can see it. So I've been working with them for... Since January, and I've had some adventures I've built a couple interesting things and one of them is this little nice little armor suit which you saw earlier he also has here. an AI son thank you <laughs> I was not going to mention that one hey we're even I, uh, fair <laughs> so yes I built an AI his name is Gregory that's entirely in character for you, Peachy. I can see it. It was mostly an accident, but, you know, I've been messing with magic and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. That's been my life. It's good to see you, though. Really, it is. Yeah, it's great. Well, uh, once this is all over, let's, uh, I don't know, let's go drinking or something. Yes, yes. I've not seen many of the uh, old crew, with the exception of, um... Herman and Victor. I stopped by Herman's recently to get, um. I had to borrow from him the knife of a dead serial killer. You know, <laughs> business. 
yeah. Yeah, okay. I am entirely unsurprised that HB kept that going after we all broke up. It's damn good that he did, otherwise we'd be screwed. Alright. So, with, uh... Oh, that bird makes some weird noises. So with that little bit out of the way, and, and by the way, the bird, uh... The bird did, like, find a high roost and is just sort of sitting on it. Checking y'all out. Uh, with that out of the way, Alex says, uh, so, we're not quite ready to start yet, we weren't waiting on you. Uh, BL is getting some stuff set up, so she's gonna be the last one in. So, as soon as she's here, we'll get started. Uh, in the meantime, just, uh, chill out. There's drinks, if you want a drink. Uh, there's peanuts behind the bar, I think. Which means, out of character, you all have some time to get to know any of these wonderful people of your choice. I want to talk to this man who is a dog, but also, like, covered in paint. He's so cool looking. Okay, well, so, <laughs> the, uh, that one, Grant, you can't mm -hmm. see that one. Aw, oh, dang it. Steiner, you also can't see that one. Roxanne, you can. <laughs> the one I was immediately drawn to, you're like, no, you can't see it. I'm like, this blows. Although, Maybe you should open your stupid eye. <laughs> if you're saying that in character, I will open up my stupid eye. No. Why would okay. I say it in character? I don't know that you can't see him. Okay. <laughs> uh, in that case, I will go talk to the hippie wizard over there in the Who's in the, the corner? <laughs> All right. So this man is—he's uh, chilling out with um, with the the one with. Uh, so let me back that up a little bit because I gotta because I gotta describe these images for the folks at home. Mm -hmm. So you you have you have selected the hippie wizard. He's just chilling over in the corner. He's got like uh, like a long scraggly beard and he's got one of those like sock hats but there's incense sticks in it and one of them is lit uh he's you know he's not wearing shoes and he's got like, anklets like a whole bunch of those like beaded anklets his pants are way baggy he's got some kind of like big black bag slung over his shoulder uh and he's he's just a little bit grubby and he's like chilling, just sort of towards uh, sort of towards one of the front corners of the room. And after the uh, after the initial meetup with Emery, the uh, the person with all the tattoos who's uh, in in the image I've got, they've got a bunch of like golden hands wreathed in blue fire surrounding them. That's not on right now. Oh, it's like the demi fiend. I don't know what that's a reference to. Shin Megami Tensei. Okay. Uh, but they they do have, like, tons of tattoos, like, all up and down both arms, up their neck, and around the side of their face, and they got sort of, like, choppy blue hair. Uh, and they're, they're chilling out with a grubby hippie. And the two of them are just, like, sitting together. The one with all the tattoos is signing. Yeah, okay. So you can head over to those two. Yep, I'm going to do that. And as you get close, the, the hippie-looking dude, like, Hey, brother, what's going on? Not much. Uh, what's going on with you, man? 
hot. Just soaking up all the good vibes of being here with all of my cool friends and all of their cool friends and all of my cool co-workers. Sounds great. Uh, my name's Grant. Uh, you can just call me Groovy. I, too, am a smelly wizard who paints things. <laughs> <laughs> no! He's not smelly! Why do you think he's smelly? I've never... He wears leather in the California sunshine. He's smelly. I can... You can but magic they that away. A episodes ago. Do you even know how to clean leather? No, and that's why you pay people to do that for you. <laughs> Grant gets it cleaned fairly regularly, mostly because it usually gets covered in monster guts. All right, all right. So, this this man's name, well, it's definitely not his real name. No, but he would like no, you to. But he, but he would like you to call him Groovy. All right, and uh, he he introduces. Uh, so this is Ash. Uh, Ash don't talk. They uh, and Groovy kind of motions at his neck. It's like they don't talk. Mm. Don't worry mm. about it. Yeah. Mm. If if you don't speak hands, don't even worry about it, man. Because I speak hands, and I am all too happy to be your translator into the mystical mind of this Groovy cat. I like this one. <laughs> I really do like him. And Grant's gonna be like, I like you. You're cool. Uh, I, you're pretty cool too, brother. Thank you. I am definitely going to be asking you if you share. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I get high on life, brother. Straight edge till I die. <laughs> We all, we all gotta share the love, brother. Why wouldn't I share? Life is a drug, man. <laughs> no, I was, I was specifically talking about weed. You just have to learn how to ride that snake. <laughs> <laughs> Ash just kind of rolls their eyes and like claps their hands to get Groovy's attention and signs a whole bunch of stuff at him. And he turns back and he's like, so Ash over here says you got some funky nonsense going on up in your dome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a very long, complicated story about that, but, um, make a long story short, technically borrowing some magic from the Summer Queen. So... Ah, <laughs> uh, see? There we go. Sharing. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. I do love this guy so much. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, Roxanne and or Steiner. Who wants to go talk to whom? Honestly, I can't see Steiner doing anything but reminiscing with Alec. Or Alex. Well, I definitely want to go talk to this uh, paint gecko demon. <laughs> so jealous to get to, paint, get to talk to the paint dog thing. Alright, so... Uh, so as you walk up to that, and it's it's like clinging to the ceiling, mm -hmm. and it is it is directly above the small boy to its left in the little collage that I've created. Yeah, I figured they were together. Yeah, this this small boy he looks to be looks to be about nine years old. He's a little bit 
scruffy looking. His hair is kind of unkempt. His jeans are kind of torn. He's got bags under his eyes in a way that definitely isn't healthy for someone his age. Mm. And above him is this... It's some kind of monster. Uh, his sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's, it's got... Uh, it's got inky black skin and it walks around on four legs and it's got this like long tail that ends in a ring and it's front and back legs end in the four long prehensile digits and it's it's got like on its own like the the black is the the head is featureless but it seems to be oozing this kind of like rainbow ink from a ring on its back and like it's on its nails and up its arms and around the ring of its tail and it's sort of like on the front of its face and it's formed up into the these like pair of honestly like Nico Bolas horns Magic the Gathering so they're going straight up and it seems to have like one big eye painted on its face and a mouth and tongue painted below that and it's kind of clinging to the ceiling above the kid and as you get close to the kid, the monster starts to get kind of agitated. Hmm. Well, I'll probably stop, like, a safe distance away and just be like, uh, hi, how's it going? To the uh, kid. So, to the kid. <laughs> yeah, so the monster doesn't speak, but, uh, yeah, the, the kid, he's like, um, hi? It's hi, going sir. okay? And he kind of looks up at the monster above his head looks back down he says oh gosh this is really rude but buddy says you're really creepy yeah well uh i look up at buddy and say that's fair but also your buddy is a little creepy also buddy sort of flicks its tongue at you I do, I do that thing like I'm watching you with the two fingers, except it's with five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your entire hand. Excellent. It takes ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I gotta turn around. Sorry, there's these three on my back. It's really awkward. And one of them I have to take my pants off for. Just give me no. a second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not normally like this. Yeah. It's okay, but Buddy's just kind of mean. That's fair. That's my physical appearance. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm Tommy, by the way. Nice to meet you, Tommy. I'd shake your hand, but I I'm not. Uh, touching people is bad. Oh, <sighs> my name's Roxanne. Okay. And uh, I guess your friend up there is Buddy, then. If he has another name, I don't know it. So the um, the dark-skinned woman with the big hat and the sunglasses and the kind of like nice vest, mm-hmm. and she she comes over and she's like, "Wait, you can see Buddy?" Uh, yeah. That's Special fucking wild. No eyes. one can. Ain't no one can see Buddy. Oh, is he supposed to be invisible? Are they yeah. supposed to be invisible? We've ain't none of us know what it looks like. We just uh, we just go by what Tommy says it looks like. Ah, uh, 
certainly attention-grabbing. What with all the uh, oozy bits, I guess. Imagine if God got high on LSD, had to make a gecko, but was also going through his black velvet phase. <laughs> you know those, like, you know those, like, things they used to sell where, like, you take, there was, like, a black canvas and you, like, scrape the little piece of plastic on it and it was all colorful underneath? Oh my god, I know exactly uh, what you're talking yes. about, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's kind of like somebody did that to, like, That's some kind of gecko panther thing. It's not light bright, but it's adjacent to light bright. No, no, this was like, um, God, it was like a little... Like, I know what you're talking about, but it was was the same sort of, like, toy ethos as light bright, same era. (laughs) Anyways, so the... My second joke is, imagine if a tree frog had sex with a Spencer's. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the, uh... The, the woman with the, the hat and the sunglasses she holds out her hand and says, uh, George Malone, nice to meet you. Ah, sorry. You're not supposed to touch people. Uh, I kind of drain heat with your touch. Uh, my name's Roxanne Harrison. Ah, well, that's shit. Ah, oh, yeah. It didn't used to be like that. Huh. Hey, uh, hey, Groovy. Yeah, sister, what's up? Can I get a blanket? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Groovy pulls out this, like, kind of large paintbrush out of the bag on his shoulder. And he pulls out a, uh, a vial of some kind of brown liquid. And he pours it onto the paintbrush and sort of, like, like draws in the air a That's big cute. brown rectangle. And then, like blows on it and it like snaps and then collapses into the ground and he picks it up and wads it up and hucks it across the room and George catches it. You are getting cooler by the minute. Groovy's Groovy is the lathe of heaven. <laughs> and so George uh and when the first time she held out her hand you noticed that she's got a bunch of like tiny scars all over her right hand. Just, just a bunch of like the kind of things that like machinists get and just like Lots of bits of metal just kind of shred their hand up a little bit after a long period of time. Yeah, I can actually see it in the reference picture just barely. But I can see yeah. it. I, uh, I can actually give you a much bigger version of that in the Discord. So it's a lot more obvious if you click on it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but she wraps her right hand up in the blanket and holds it out to you. Yeah, why not? Uh, Mama told me never to meet people without a good handshake. Yeah, that's fair. I shake their hand. Don't drain her heat through the blanket. Nice. So, I did interrupt you. It's kind of circling back there. Uh, You were about to ask Tommy a question when I had George show up. I don't even remember what I was going to say. I was actually going to... I guess I was going to ask Kami how I, uh... I ended up, uh... hanging out with, uh... this cool sleep paralysis demon. (laughs) (laughs) I maybe don't say that. (laughs) I don't know, he just kind of showed up one day and started following me around. And that, I guess, just sort of leads to hanging out with the ravens, then? Yeah, um, 
Buddy gets angry sometimes, and when Buddy gets angry, bad things happen. Uh, so I got noticed, and they couldn't get rid of him. So I just there they look out for me. <laughs> well, I definitely know about not being able to get rid of things. You uh getting enough sleep there, Kip? Uh, Buddy likes to stay up late. Yeah. I guess I expected that one. Uh, so, Steiner? Mm-hmm. What do? I mean, I... I just, I... feel like I just try to catch up with Alex, but, um... Maybe one of these people that Emery was talking to, uh, aside from... Pompadour man who nearly crushed me. <laughs> uh, it, it was, uh, I think I just said it was Pompadour and Ash were the only ones who came up. At the, oh, and then it was the the dad. I'm also interested in this, like, um, HP Lovercraft up here, which I'm convinced <laughs> is the Pararomantic. Yeah, we've been guessing uh, in the this, in the Roll20 chat what these classes are, and I'm convinced that the kid is the spooky. <laughs> I've noticed you doing that. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So while you're talking, uh, Alex is like, "Hey, uh, let me introduce you to AJ. He's like the coolest dude here." Right. And he will take you to a dad. Let's be real. This guy's got big dad energy. He's a. Uh, he's, he's my natural rival. <laughs> Everybody else in here, with the exception of like Tommy and one other guy, are dressed like weirdos and look like weirdos. This is an exceptionally normal looking dad. More of a daddy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this out of the way now. It's Matt from Dream Daddy. Yeah, I, I, I sourced his character art from Matt from Dream Daddy. Just Google that. That's exactly the image I was looking for. So once uh, once Alex leads you over to him, uh, the guy gets up and he's like, I believe I heard your name was Dr. Steiner. Edwin, right? Right. Edwin right. Steiner. What do you prefer? I just... Edwin or Doctor or just Mr. Steiner. Either or, I'm not particularly picky. I'll kind of like lightly clap you on the shoulder and say, Edwin it is. Uh, Abe Jackson, good to know you. Well, nice to meet you as well. My, so you're, you're, uh, you're working with Emery, right? Indeed. Kind of um, stumbled into each other and got to working for the Ravens. Right. All right. Well, uh, I'm the head of things up here in NorCal. I, I run the NorCal group. Huh. Uh, and for once, someone is going to do some like proper introductions around the group. So uh, that's my daughter. And he motions to this. She looks like she's about 16. She has this this massive head of white dreads. It's, it's kind of crazy how huge her hair is. It, it goes down like to the middle of her thighs like down the back big hair she's mostly big hair by hair. volume big hair yeah. 
But uh, like through the ends of a bunch of the dreads are like tags, like magical tags secured by these like big metal rings. And she's got on a big old pair of shades. And she appears to be bickering with this weird little something. (laughs) Uh, They've got like gray skin and sort of like yellow sclera, but their eyes have this like bright teal. And when they like emote, their tongue comes out a little and you can see their tongue is also teal and they've got these like teal antennae coming out of their head. They got pointy ears, but they're mostly human looking. And the yellow and orange horns. (laughs) No, I edited those out, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But literally that, that was, um, that was like, like I saw it on Tumblr. Somebody asked for a teal edit of Carcat. So I, I took that and I edited the image. You did a good job. I was wondering, I was like, I know I've seen this one before, but the color is wrong. What's going on here? Yeah. So Shinobu yeah, yeah, yeah. and the not troll. <laughs> so, uh, says, so, uh, that's my daughter, Deja, and her friend, Vu. <laughs> and our, uh, companion, uh, their name's Cricket, but they prefer BB. Hmm. And uh, over there, and he motions at this, like, this super pale woman with long white hair and this, like, a long black skirt. And she is sort of, like, half in the lap of, let's be extremely real here, a Cthulhu man. <laughs> uh, that's the sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's got some kind of, like... It, it's a very like Cthulhu face, and his uh, his hands are like very long and have sort of like weird tendril ends to them. But he's in this like really nice like black suit and jacket combination, and he seems to be smoking something. The cool Cthulhu. <laughs> and he's uh, he says uh, that's Jean and Jean. Uh, they're together. Uh, don't try and get in the middle of them. Jean is super the jealous type, but they're both pretty cool. Hmm. Noted. Right. So, Deja, BB, JJ, AJ. We uh, we like to call them Beauty and the Beast, but never to their face. Also noted. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I already know Alec. Um. That one over there is Ash. That's Groovy. Tommy over there, if I heard correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what was that one? That it starts with an A. What? George? Oh, George. Okay, thank you. Why? Did, hey, the one with the hat. Yeah. Yeah. George. George. I'll I'll be putting all these names in the handout once I like. Once, like, we do a scene transition and I take a break to drink some water. And uh, and I forgot if we caught Pompadour's name because I've absolutely forgotten it. We did not. Okay. I don't know that one uh, or that one or that one with the hat. Well, that fellow over there in the armor. It's, uh... I'm not. I'm not overly familiar with the Border Cal group, but I do know Jack. J- 
Jack is a little bit of an edgelord. Might want to watch out for Jack. Oh my god. Yes, I got that vibe. I mean, he's wearing spiky black armor. Indoors. Of all the things. It's like if you trip and land on someone, you'll hurt them. It's like running with scissors, but you're wearing scissors. Jack is kind of a lot. Apparently he's really good in a fight, but he's a lot. (laughs) An edgy parkour delivery man is what he looks like. You're just describing someone from Mirror's Edge, but edgy. (laughs) Mirror's Edgy. (laughs) Also, to cut in here for just a moment, um, I should note what our NPCs are doing. Emery has gone to chat it up with uh, Pompadour and the the dude with the necklace next to Pompadour in the collage. And, uh, And the blue haired Asian woman. And Magpie is currently, like, sort of sitting in the middle of Deja and BB. She doesn't seem to be slowing down the bickering at all. (laughs) I just, I can't stop thinking, like, Jack looks like exactly the sort of dude who still has a live journal and listens exclusively to Rise Against. No, please. No, he has a Damn it, Chloe! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You just brought back some horrible memories. (laughs) I had forgotten that existed until now. His most recent post is still I hate homework. For some reason, he still hates homework. He is 29. And then everybody clapped. All right. So, you're all making each other's acquaintance. Partway through, you all sort of simultaneously notice... But a woman has just sort of shown up in the room. None of you ever saw her enter the room. She's just kind of here now. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm on the other end of it and it's really super disorienting. And, uh, so she's this, like, sort of, like, mid-30s woman. She's dressed in a, a, a pretty nice, like, for, like business attire. There's, like, frills around the edge of her suit jacket. Once other people notice her, like, there's a whole bunch of flinching. And you can hear, like, once Abe flinches, he sort of, like, scratches at the back of his head. And he's like, I hate how she does that. She's not teleporting, Edwin. I don't know how she does it. It's not magic. She's just got an SCP filled. She a killed navigator? Is she bending space? I don't know. It's not magic. I ca- I've had wizards check when she does this. She's not casting spells. She just shows up places. And no one s- notices until she's ready to be noticed. I don't get it. No one else does. And she won't tell me how she does it. If you were to take two points of space and warp them to be similar enough to each other... You could exist in a sort of a superposition between the two of them, and if you stopped it at the right time, you would pop into existence at the other location. But that would require an incredible amount of power. All right, I know what all of those words mean individually, but in that order <laughs> means nothing. I'm sorry. Um, she's tricking space into thinking two spots of the same place is my best guess. I run a frozen yogurt store when I'm not here. 
I don't I don't really understand all this space-time stuff. You'll, you'll have to forgive me. Ah, sorry. It's, I've recently taken a highly developed interest in teleportation. Um, it basically... My best guess is that she's tricking two points in space that they're, that they're the same place. Meanwhile, Grant's just like, whatever, she teleported in. Who, get, who cares? My sister does that all the time. I went to... I, I came here from New York once. I can do that. <laughs> I teleported once and showed up in the middle of a street fair. Not impressed. So while uh, while Steiner is going off on his theories, Gro- Groovy notices that this woman's appeared. And he's like, ah, oh, boss lady's here. Oh, that means it's time for us to get down to business. Uh, I think I that, just... God, that makes it ever sound that like there, it's something else is happening aside from the meeting. Ah, uh, don't gotta be gross about it, brother. I'm not... I wasn't... Where's your mind going? I was just saying that it sounded like something other than a meeting. Uh, don't play we all, we all know where your mind's at, brother. You don't gotta... You don't gotta play with it. You just gotta... Just gotta stop doing it, alright? Meanwhile, outside in the gutter... <laughs> I mean, what's that thing? Don't touch it, dear. You don't know what it's been. <laughs> or where it's been. What has been also works, too, I guess. What has been also works. <laughs> what's that weird pink thing? It's oddly small. I was talking about his brain, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now your mind's in the gutter. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, Tommy will go up to her and she'll like ruffle his hair. Buddy does not look happy about it, but he allows it. Buddy does not determine who gets head pats or not. (laughs) <laughs> no. So once everybody's noticed that this woman has arrived, uh, like they'll all start shushing each other and like motioning to pay attention. And once the room has gone quiet, she'll uh, sort of like, ah, it's excellent to meet all of you. Most of you I knew beforehand, but I see we have a couple of new faces. We'll need to uh, touch base with each other, do a uh, exchange names, exchange numbers. I'd like to get to know you all if I don't already. I appreciate that you've all put pins in your conversations. You can all just circle back to those as soon as we're done with our business here. Oh, I hate her. (laughs) Why? Chloe is deathly allergic to even the smallest amount of corporate speak. (laughs) My name is Melissa Whitman. I am the head of the Mid-Cal group, and I am the greater head of the entire California conglomerate. So... It's nice to meet you all. Uh, I've called this meeting to figure out what we're going to do about this whole Mayan apocalypse thing. As I said, I already know most of you, but I would appreciate if everybody went around and introduced themselves so that everybody knows who everybody else is and we can get that sort of, you know, conglomerate synergy going for the the trials ahead. And there is a, a round table of introductions. Everybody introduces themselves. You do get names for the remaining people. Uh, the edgelord with the black armor is Jack Lemont. It's, uh, it's some kind of French-Japanese motherfucker. And he's brooding to himself in the corner. 
The the one with the pompadour is Benjamin Sato. He prefers to be known as Benny. And the last two that have seen no introductions, there's this uh this like really slight woman with sort of like teal-ish hair. Name is Ailita Thompson. They she pronouns. She's uh looks Chinese, but uh you I'm gonna just because this is never gonna come up. She's half Chinese, half Polish. That's I had fun with that, thinking of that mix. And then <laughs> uh Groovy actually gives his real name in the introduction. His real name is Eric DeMall. But he very much asks that everybody calls him Groovy. I am not and if anybody's not gonna give him shit about not wanting to be known by their be called by their legal first name. It is Grant. And the leader of the Border Cal Cell, he stands up and, hey, Roxanne, for the first time in forever, you're not the tallest person in the room anymore. Wow. Yeah, because this guy, he's like, like seven and a quarter, maybe seven and a half feet tall. Him big. Yeah, him big. He's also like really muscular. He's he's got sunglasses on indoors for some goddamn reason. Uh, his his hair is pulled back into this like sh- real short ponytail. He's got a scar across one eye. He's got a bunch of tattoos uh, all up and down his arms, and he's incredibly handsome. He's doing that thing where they have a beard but not a mustache, but they still pull it off somehow. Like, 99% of the population tries that. They just look Amish. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredibly well-groomed, this man's facial hair. Mm -hmm. And he introduces himself as Dietrich Mann. He is the head of Border Cal. He is incredibly handsome and loud when he introduces himself. Ah, the himbo. Told you I was going to have one. (laughs) Himbo big. (laughs) We don't know if he's stupid yet, though. <laughs> uh, Himbo does not inquire lack of intelligence. Himbo was his state of mind. So, uh, Dietrich is the greater Himbo. Benjamin is the lesser Himbo. I told you I was having two. <laughs> uh, the lesser spotted Himbo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jean and Jean, by the way, uh, only Jean speaks. Jean does not. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Thank Boy, you for that. You really love this joke, don't you? <laughs> A little bit. Uh, so, uh, when BB introduces themselves, uh, their voice is way louder than someone that size should be able to manifest. <laughs> it's kind of scratchy. They do a, a number of cusses that should not be possible in a simple introduction and it seems like they're sort of winding themselves up to like really get into a tirade when Deja just like smacks them upside the head (laughs) just winds them back down Emery and Magpie of course introduce themselves Magpie does not give her real name how do my players introduce themselves to the rest of the group I'm Dr. Edwin Steiner it's a pleasure to meet you all Grant Harrison. Roxanne Harrison. Sister. Not the other thing. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, all, right. all right. So once the introductions have gone around, Melissa like claps her hands together and says, all right, so to recap, just sort of making sure everybody's on the same page that I am, at least. I'm sure we're all going to be expanding our knowledge here. To my understanding thus far, our compatriots from the Central American monster hunting conglomerate sent us some tablets that were concerning an incident that happened here in California about 5,100 years ago. And there was some sort of disaster. We don't know what it was precisely. The tablets are unfortunately vague. And we have, with the assistance of our, and she motions at our SoCal group, our SoCal group, we have managed to learn quite a bit more about what it means. We managed to learn that someone or something, singular or plural, unknown at this point, is being held captive or is imprisoned in some way and is going to be set free in a number of months, almost certainly at the end of this year. So, at this time, I'd like to turn it over to our SoCal group, since you all seem to be at the forefront of knowledge of this situation. I'd like to know, what all can you tell the rest of the group about what's happening? I... I... I actually stand up. I'm like, it would actually be easier to, uh, for visual aids. Um, is there like a way I can like plug my phone into something so that like display on the wall, like a projector or something? We got poster board and markers, dude. Projector. Yeah. So Ailita like hops behind the bar and uh, comes out with a projector and just like quickly sets it up on one of the tables and points it at the back wall and just like motions for whatever you're gonna give her. All right, I, or whatever you're trying to set up. I I set up my phone and I project my picture of my Pepe Silvia board. I have tastefully cropped out the part where I have it, where I have the name Pepe Silvia board uh, uh, up at the top, so that way it's a little more credible. <laughs> From the back, someone yells, "Nice Pepe Silvia board!" <laughs> you know what? You know what? George calls you out on it. He's like, "Ah, you're going, you're going full fucking Pepe Silvia here, ain't you?" Uh, yeah, I am 100% going full Pepe Sylvia. Thank you. Um, I just, like, all of this is the information we have about the Great, or at least that I've been able to gather about the Great Worm and its Pale Rider, except for this corner here. Ignore this corner that is a whole different thing and involves the bird that is on top of my sister's head. Uh, so everybody takes a look at, look at it and just sort of, like, drinks it all in, and then Melissa turns to you and says, could you maybe explain this great worm and pale writer a bit more to the rest of us? Um, well, I'm pretty sure the great worm is what is in the fault line. Uh, but basically, we were taking care of a monster in the desert, and uh, I used my third eye to try and t- see if I could find something, and a bunch of ghosts showed me a big crack in the sky and they told me about uh, the great worm and its tail rider. I have not been able to get much more information about exactly what they are. Um, but uh, but we also got a string of numbers which I got someone to translate and it says that uh, roughly translates to their shackles will finally break. So yeah. Can you maybe tell us more about these ghosts. 
uh, they are all over the place, at least down there. I'm not sure if they're up here or not, but like they're just normal ghosts hanging around. They're just everywhere. They don't bother anyone. They don't. They. Uh, they're dressed in all sorts of different things, and I can explain like you know the, all the sort of different things that they've been dressed in, and, and like and normally they don't bother anyone but like when i when i ran into like an entire sea of them in the in the desert they just basically forced me to look up at that crack in the sky mm. huh. uh so as you are describing them like a bunch of people turn and look at ash and they they look really thoughtful for a bit and then they turn to melissa and sign at her her so probably a couple of sentences worth. She says, that's interesting. Okay, so according to Ash, the clothes that you are describing are consistent with what we know of how warriors and priests of various native tribes from North, South, and Central America dressed at the time of the incident detailed in the tablets. Okay. That's interesting. So that would mean a large number of soldiers and religious figures were gathered up here and died here. And from what we know of ghosts, they only really stick around if they have some sort of strong emotional connection or unfinished business. So presumably they lost this battle and are unhappy about it. That... Or they won, and they were afraid it was going to come back. It's also a, an excellent idea. Be sure to note that one down. Anything else? Would anybody else like to offer any more information? I guess that's my cue, then? That could certainly be a cue for Roxanne to speak up and offer some things that she might know. Yeah. Okay. So, I said before, my name's Roxanne, again. Uh, I this is kind of a hard thing to describe I'll just tell I'll just come right out and say it so there if you are not aware there is a whole other side to the Deadlands called Elysium I'm was I created empowered however you'd like to say it by the, pers the person or thing in charge of Elysium. You can ask me questions about it later. They seem to be under the impression that whatever this great worm and its pale rider is, that what if we don't stop it, it's going to literally kill everyone, every human being, and I... A large amount of fake creatures, I believe, is what they said. Okay, so we are definitely dealing with some sort of apocalyptic event here. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the long and short of it. I don't suppose this informant of yours offered anything else? Hmm. No, they're not very forthcoming. Uh, I think they have some sort of limited precognitive powers because they seem to be under the impression that 
me knowing things ahead of time affects the outcome negatively. And that the way things are going now is the best way to deal with the situation. I'm not really exactly high on the totem pole as far as information is provided. Well, as obnoxious as it is to not have the whole story, I suppose it is heartening to know that we are on the right track. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I know I skipped over a lot of that, but any, if you've got any questions, I'll answer them for you. Uh, certainly, and I will be certain to, if it's all right, get your contact information from Emery so that we can keep lines of communication going if other questions come up in the future. Yeah, I don't spend, I don't have a lot of time to go outside, so uh, I've got all the time in the world to answer questions. Certainly, certainly. Oxane just goes and sits down. I don't suppose Steiner has anything to add? I mean, I could go over the Mayan apocalypse thing again, but that seems redundant at this point. Yeah, you could just sort of hand wave it and say that you recap that. Yeah. Oh, I totally didn't even mention the part about how Steiner is apparently the chosen one, but you know what, whatever. Just leave <laughs> yeah. it. It's fine. Just gotta hold that one for now. Alright, so, after you get done talking, Abe will stand up and say, Well, well, uh, we don't have any information about what's going on. We have been hard at work locating a an entry point into the fault line so we can investigate this properly. And we did manage to find one. It's a little ways out of the way from here and most anywhere else, which is probably for the best. But it's uh, about six miles outside of Petrolia, which is about 200 miles west of here. There is a hilly region, uh, quite heavily forested, and the fault line passes directly underneath it. That appears to be our best entry point, if that's what we're looking to do, to get in there. And Melissa says, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. In fact, tomorrow we will all be heading out to Petrolia, I suppose, to make our way down into the fault line and hopefully get some proper answers on the worm and its rider. At this point, I think we are good between now and tomorrow, you are all free to do as you like, although I would very much like to ask that everybody stays out of trouble. We don't want to be bailing any of you out of prison in the morning when we have a long drive and potentially a dangerous situation to get into. So, everybody, please act intelligently, stay safe. If I could have the leaders of the cells, please stay here with me so we can work over some logistics. That'd be great. Everybody else, you are dismissed. You know what Roxanne should do? What should Roxanne do? Alright, so you can't really, like, do anything around here or go outside because your whole angel deal. Because <laughs> I look like a monster. So you should, yeah. like, say, you're like, I'll be back at the house, and then you should teleport right in front of Melissa just to flex on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have any plans, so I literally just be like, yeah, I'll be back at the house. <laughs> no. I'll stay around a little bit before I go. <laughs> Just like I just, I just want to see you do that. Just, just, just stunt on Melissa. Like I can do it too. What up? <laughs> so, uh, everybody does get up. 
some people start making their way outside. Of course, Emery, Abe, and Dietrich go uh, sort of circle up with Melissa to actually get some shit worked out. What all would you like to do? You've got until tomorrow morning. I, th- I think I know what Steiner is going to get up to. Really? Because I, I don't. Well, you've kind of got some business to talk with Alex. Oh, yeah. You got to talk with Alex. I meant like in the greater sense, but yeah. <laughs> we can uh, we can actually do that first while the other two think. So, well, we have some time to catch up. It's I just I never expected to see you again perfectly honest. I never expected to see you again, either. Funny how fate works, isn't it? Right, right. Um, so we should probably talk about what's going on. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh... Your room or mine? Uh... Uh, mine. Uh, I don't expect Mr. Harrison to be back in there anytime soon. Right on. Lead the way. The two of you can head back to the hotel room and Alex will flop down in the complimentary desk chair. Steiner will sit on the edge of whatever bed he claimed. And so Alex says, all right, so how much do you know about, uh, hold on a sec. Did I ever give Victor a last name? I must have. No, I didn't. Give me a last name for Victor. Um, Von Doom? No. <laughs> um, McGinnis? Sure. I don't know. I just, I don't know why that popped in my head, but there you go. Mr. McGinnis. <laughs> so he says, all right, so how much do you know about what VM is in right now? What he's up to. Um, let's see. The first time he contacted me, he wanted the blueprints for my arm. Uh, the second time, he wanted me to try to crack the code of a particularly interesting little puzzle box. And the third time was uh, for heist planning on I don't even remember the name of the building but he wanted advice on um, how to get into the security and shut it down and all of that and the third time um, I actually had well it was Emery and an, uh, another person hang around and keep an eye and when they when I say they Victor and his associate left um I was informed that they were looked particularly frightened. And Victor, despite what he's getting into, has always been a good friend. And I can't imagine that he'd be scared of me. So I imagine they are in over their heads a little bit, as Victor is wont to do. Oh, unfortunately, he's a lot more in over his head than maybe you're thinking. Hmm. So... So, 
Uh, you, you knew VM before anybody else. I don't suppose you ever met his family. He never really talked about them. Hmm. I just assume he had reason to, and I never brought it up. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, his family is being held. Ah. Hmm. And... They'll be released when you get back in the game. Is what he was told. When I get back in the game. When you get back in the game, in particular. Why? What? Is this someone we've wronged in the past? Are they trying to... I? What purpose is... Not... Wronged is the wrong word here. So... You remember how the ram and the flock were made, right? Right, some sort of genetic engineering. Just Mm -hmm. monstrosity. Yeah, uh, it turns out that shit's real bad for your brain. (sighs) Yes, untested medical... Yeah, I can imagine that did not particularly age well. Age like... Yeah. Age like milk. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I don't know about the entire rest of the flock, but the ram in particular has lost it. He's obsessed with you as some sort of... cosmic opponent. And he needs you to... Be back in the game so that he can pursue you to give his existence purpose, is the way VM sort of conveyed it to me. Why didn't he just... Why didn't Victor just tell me this? Or does this have to be like a nat... Is this... The Ram wants this to be like a natural thing. Like, I willingly go back into the game. Exactly that. He's not allowed to tell you what's up. If he does, his family dies. You have to you have to get back into it because you want it, because that's the only way it's authentic for the RAM. Hmm. Christ. Alright. Well. Hmm. You know what I did a couple of years, weeks ago? Tell me, I'd love to know. Fought a psycho pump, like an actual goddamn psycho pump. I had to, we had to convince one of the sultans not to invade Earth. We had to go out and kill this thing. Before that, some kind of mutant depressor beast. I fought this 40 foot tall spindly thing with sirens for head, cockatrice the size of a dragon, a pixie that had access to time magic, and all sorts of other shit. And you know what? I don't really give a shit. I am not fucking scared of a roided out jackass in a sheep costume anymore. So if he wants to fucking go, we'll go. Well. (laughs) Jesus Christ, PG. I didn't think I'd ever hear you talk like that. Victor is one of my oldest friends, and if this son of a bitch has his family, then yeah, alright, I'll do what it takes to save them. Been through a All lot right. in six months. Yeah, no kidding. 
<laughs> Christ. All right. So. All right. So this has to be done naturally. So we're going to have to finesse this, I suppose. Uh, well, Victor doesn't know that I'm alive, and I would like to keep it that way as much as I possibly could, because I'm a little worried the ram is going to come after me and my team, and while we could probably take him, I got a, I caught sight of the guy. Uh, we could probably take him, but there'd be some, well, there'd be a lot of collateral damage, and my team is not into that. Hmm. All right. Well. So I have to wait for Victor to contact me, and then I have to play this like, like, like a heist. Like, all right, one more score, just one last score. I have to play this naturally. Kind of couldn't. I don't think it'll be terribly hard to convince if he's as degraded as you say, but still. Huh? Here's hoping. I'll uh. As long as my name doesn't have to be on anything, I'll help out however I can. I've actually had a conversation with our group, Emery and Magpie, and you're not really... Actually, how familiar are you with Emery and Magpie? Uh... We've, um... Like, they, they came up here once after I joined, so I've met them once, but I don't, like, know them. Hmm. I think I only mentioned you once in passing, so I, I never really described you, so it, it makes sense that they probably never made that connection. Like, there's lots of people named Alex. Alright, but yes. So I've... We've had a chat with them again, witches were involved. So we've discussed that, and they've agreed to have my back in... whatever rears its head, so... I can count on their support, and... Have a couple of friends around the place. I know a few of the old gangs still kicking around. I don't know. But, um, yeah. I think I can sell this, and then I think we can take care of the problem. Do right by Victor. Maybe he'll finally quit the game for good. Uh, I mean, I. I'm still thrill-seeking. It took a while to get back into it, but I'm still doing the thrill-seeking thing. It's... Maybe he'll... Maybe... Maybe he'll join our particular team. I don't know. I don't know. I just... Let's get his family safe first and foremost. Maybe he'll just retire. Do let's. I can't believe the ram is still kicking around. I thought they would have taken him apart for... Well, for parts. Ah, he's off the grid. Jeez. He must just be walking cancer or something at this point. God. It, it's not pretty. Are we talking like Resident Evil? Or... Like, more melty? Uh, we're, we're more Resident Evil. Ugh. What's, uh, what's that one character? Nemesis? We're in that ballpark. Gross. Right, well... If we survive this, we can survive... If we take a worm the size of California... And we can handle... We can handle an overgrown sheep. 
right on. By the way, uh, after after you two have uh, fucking made a blood pact to kill the ram, Alex will take you out drinking. Nice. Wait, isn't it still like bef- just past noon? But yeah, eh. it it Fuck is it. day drinking. You're not gonna get Fuck drunk it. because you've got work tomorrow. Yeah, but like, might you know, fight a goddamn worm tomorrow. Might as well. Yeah. All right, Grant, Roxanne, what all are you up to the rest of the day? Honestly, Grant kind of wants to keep hanging out with his new uh, paint magic hippie friend because that is some cool magic and Grant wants to know where the hell they learned it from. Uh, all right, so... Yeah, so... Uh, so Groovy, um, <laughs> Groovy takes you to the back of what what is one paint job away from the mystery machine. Let's be extremely <laughs> real here. Nice. And uh, you know, let's say let's say uh, Ash and Ilita come with you. Okay, with the two of you, and y- y'all motherfuckers are just gonna smoke a bowl in the back of this man's van. Nice. Uh, so I go, so I go, so, uh, so, God, Groovy, <laughs> how did I forget this? I'm high, that's how. Uh, Groovy, how, how did you learn that fucking paint magic, man? Uh, it's just miracles, brother. Like, I just, you gotta trust in the arc of the universe and just put put your put your heart and your soul into your art and it just it brings it all to life i kind of get what you're saying like you, you saw you saw the thing i made of the the picture i made of the crack in the sky right that wasn't a picture i made that yeah yeah just like that man yeah only like <laughs> and then uh, magic <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's all about it's all about look you just all, all true artists know you're painting with your heart and your soul, but it's just instead of using, instead of using like the the easel and the paper as your canvas, you got to use the universe as your canvas, man. And then Ilita turns to you and says, "Also, it's a whole bunch of fake paint." <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Ah, sister, you <laughs> spoil the magic when you're like that. <laughs> Nah, it's still really cool. And, and they go, Groovy, Groovy. It's it's magic paint that you source from weird plants in the Feywild. You're not painting reality here. I'm painting with my heart and soul, sister. <laughs> Why you gotta harsh the whole the vibe of this whole beautiful group <laughs> that we got going? The laughing is all in character, by the way. Ilita will roll her eyes and like massage her temples and say in Chinese, maybe someone will finally understand what I have to deal with all the time. Grant responds in Chinese, I'm sure somebody will. She she just like claps and throws her hands in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Ash has manifested 
like six golden spectral hands around them that are like wreathed in blue fire and all of them are holding a blunt. <laughs> Grant, Grant, is, Grant goes, I'm not sure if that's the drugs or if that's magic. They flip off all three of you twice. <laughs> Everybody gets two middle fingers. And they're just sort of like rotating between <laughs> all six blunts. I just realized that I put... I'll put three characters who use they pronouns in the same fan. <laughs> Expect you all to keep it straight. It's, it's fine. At least one of them is fine with being called she. Yeah. So that that there's thirty three percent less confusion there. Uh, so I I go. This is. This is. Ah, oh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be a good. Good day. Good rest of the day. Hell yes. I thought I saw, like, a water park, and I thought that maybe I wanted to go there, but no. No, right here. This is my people. Uh, that's, that's an incredible idea, brother. We gotta go to the water park. Maybe we should, like, not go there super high, though. No! Like, what's, what's gonna be better? What's gonna be better, my man, than a lazy river with an expanded consciousness? I also, like don't want to get kicked out because we're scaring kids. Uh, what kids are going to be scared of some people who just have hearts so full of love? <laughs> I look at the other two and I'm like, please tell me you are in the same boat as me. <laughs> <laughs> they both nod slowly. <laughs> I think we should groovy. Groovy. I, I, Lita, I, I, like kind of puts her head in her hands. And says, "I have to live with this guy." Uh, Groovy. I say as I put my hand on their shoulder. I'm like, "You're cool, but we really should just be sober if we're gonna go someplace super public like that." Uh... We were told not to get arrested. I'm pretty sure showing up there high will get us arrested. Don't worry, you have a sister that can teleport. She can break you out. <laughs> yes, sister who's made out of stone and covered in eyeballs. Just the harshest of vibes you are putting into the back of my band, brother. I'm s I am sorry. I am sorry, but I mean, look at it this way. Look at it this way. You won't be harshing the vibes of other people by showing up there and just, like, you know. So, some people don't want their consciousnesses this, 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 this expanded, and they gotta live with that. So, like, you know, maybe if, if we show up there when we're more, you know, less expanded, and all, all this fucking, like, uh, mixing of words is 100% in character, I'm gonna say. So, like, when we're more less expanded, uh, like, it won't harsh their vibes as much as, as, as it would normally. Uh, we're all to manipulate someone. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Do it. Okay. Sure, why not? Let me pull up my character sheet, which I have not pulled up all day. That's a 10. That's a 10. 
Uh, you know what? You know what? That's some wisdom right there. Because because there's it's like it's like calculus of the heart. So we gotta like like we we sacrifice a negative harsh on our vibes in order to ensure a greater love vibes for the entire rest of the park. Yeah. It's like it's like there's more love because we've got a little less love. I can see it. I can yeah. see the shape of your heart, brother. I hope it's heart shaped. And then I look at <laughs> I look at Ilita and I go, "You're welcome" in Chinese. <laughs> you chose to hang out with this guy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he's still cool. I still love him, but he's I also don't not cool. But I also don't want to show up to a water park super high and then get arrested, which is the one thing that they were to- that we were told not to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, so y- y'all can fucking smoke out for a couple of hours, and eventually, when you're you're down to the end, you just ride it out, and you are done being high by the time, or it is the water park is not closed by the time you are done being high. Although a little bit high seems to be Groovy's sort of natural state. <laughs> I think so, you're this much. You're not going to get to 100% on their that's, case, but Ash and Ilita, at the very least, have sobered up, and so have you. All right, yeah, so let's go to the water park. Now, you did, you did pose this question in the Discord. You never answered it. Oh! Yes, it's great the kind of person who swims with this shirt on. I'm going to say no, if only because uh, he does not get enough chances to show off his tattoos, especially the new one. (sighs) Ash will actually, like, once you take your shirt off, they'll look you over and they'll actually sign something at you. And Groovy will say, Ash thinks that's some pretty wicked ink, my man. Thank you. Thank you very much. They they are mad appreciative of the give me that one again and Ash like slowly does a sign. Mm-hmm. Groovy goes round Earth. All no. Earths around though, right? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's it's Discworld. It's actually a flat Earth. Oh, who ever heard of a flat Earth, man? That's let that's, me tell, that's some straight nonsense. Let me tell you about Hindu mythology. I think it's Hindu. Is it? Let I, me like, tell I you about the Deadlands. I believe <laughs> that anyone named Groovy does not have an extensive knowledge of Hindu mythology. I've been in <laughs> shops. Uh, uh, Alright. So, I'm going to rule. I'm going to rule that, like, like, you and Ash and Ilita like, go on a bunch of water park rides. Groovy rents an inner tube and sits on the lazy river the entire time. <laughs> yes. And it just seems to be talking to themselves the whole time. Just, just like a stream of consciousness muttering about, mm-hmm. like, the, the cycles of the universe and how we should all be, like, flowing more towards love and it's it, 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 gets, it eventually just turns to like incoherent See, mumbling matter. after a while. 
is just <laughs> slow down energy. And if matter is energy and energy is matter, then we're all just one big state of matter. And we're all together in this crazy mixed up universe. We're yep. all one. We're away. We're, we're away for the universe to know itself, man. <sighs> Roxanne, what all do you get up to for the rest of the day? Oh, oh boy. Um, Not to stereotype you too hard, but you, do you, do you want to go hang out with the other freaks who can't be in public? <laughs> God... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell, why not? Alright, so you could go chill with the rest of the NorCal Brigade. Let's see what's up with 24601 over there. <laughs> Alright, so yeah. So, uh, Jean and Jean and BB and Deja are all gonna go chill in sort of like the, the back of the frozen yogurt place that Abe owns. Oh, this sounds like entirely my shit. <laughs> And just walk up and be like, I don't want to stare. <laughs> no, I don't want to assume something. But you folks seem pretty, uh, seem local and seem like you know how to have fun without having to be in public. <sighs> you got room for one more? Yeah, we always got room for one more. And I finally got someone else here who understands that glamours are for fucking wieners. Uh, Somewhere Grant sneezes. And Daisha goes upside BB's head again, and she says, That is so rude. I can't even believe you would say something like that about our dear, wonderful friend Magpie, who wears a glamour all the time. BB turns to her and says, look, you know I'm not fucking talking about her. That's obvious. We all have incredible respect for her and what she does and how she chooses to live her life, but it's still a fucking wiener move to wear a glamour, and this one, and they motion at you, Roxanne, understands that, and I'm glad that somebody around here finally does. I mean, mostly, I'm just not a wizard, and I don't really uh, feel like fiddling with it. I'm not really sure it would work. But I can appreciate where you're coming from. Just gonna not even bring up the magpie thing. Because <laughs> I can't tell if they're fucking with me or not. <laughs> so, the five of you can load up into Abe's van. Uh, Jean is going to drive back to the Froyo joint. Help me think of a Froyo name. Cool customers. You go back to oh, cool customers. Yeah, there we go. That's a most deadly name. So <laughs> uh, yeah, the the five of you head back to cool customers, and Daisha's got the key, so she'll unlock it. You all usher inside quickly, and she'll lock it behind you, and get shit powered up. She'll draw the blinds on it so people can't look in. She's like, alright, uh, I work this place every so often. 
I'm cool to surf shit up, but I'll you in too. Oh dang. Uh, I don't know. Surprise me. Falls in your court now, motherfucker. <laughs> Baby turns to you and says, No, 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 no. Do not trust her to serve shit up for you. It's the worst. She has terrible fucking taste in like everything, but especially this slog. From from behind the counter, Daisha just hollers, How dare you, sir? I kind of feel like I have to. Uh, and she, she will. And it turns out, unfortunately, BB was correct here. You get you get a combination of flavors that are capital P, capital I, platonically incorrect. Hmm. Okay, but you're gonna have to tell me though. I need to decide for myself. So, like, you have to like, submit for judgment before the council of taste. So, like, bubble gum and. Kiwi and coffee. And kiwi and coffee. Got there. Half and half. Excellent. What? Bubblegum, coconut, kiwi, and coffee. Disgusting. I hate it. I can sort of see it. You put your faith in us, and you were wrong, too. Nah, I can see it. I can see it being an interesting taste. I don't know about good, though. (laughs) Uh... How well do you react to it? (laughs) It's certainly an experience. (laughs) I mean, I can't even really feel the cold, so. (laughs) Oh, so that means there's nothing to distract you from the taste. Oh, yeah, it's just pure taste sensation. (laughs) My tongue is already numb. (laughs) It's 1000% not sweeping the nation. One thousand pounds of pure flavor. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so, Jean and Jean are just sort of like sitting in the back by themselves. Jean is still smoking. Jean is sitting in his lap. They're just kind of like observing all of you. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Jean laughs a little as you react to the froyo. Every bite, Roxanne has to sort of, like, blink a little bit. Because it's just like... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's also wrong. Oh, that's also wrong. Oh, God. So, uh... Is it busy a lot up here in in, uh, NorCal, then? (sighs) What, in terms of, like, yogurt or monsters? Yeah, there were. Well, I mean, for the yogurt, it slows down when it gets cold, but you always get the freaks who want cold, sweet stuff in cold weather. It really, really picks up around this time of year. That's me, bitch. <laughs> but uh, for monsters, uh, it's not too, too bad. Like, I don't know. I can yeah. still go to school. I'm, t- I'm still going to uh, high school, and that doesn't really interfere with it. They let you have that hair in high school? They tried to stop me. The principal tried to cut it off, and I cut him off. 
why you are studying the school rules, I studied the blade. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you but know. like most mostly it's a bunch of like weird animals like running around in the woods and we got woods for days up here. Yeah, tell me about it. It's pretty green up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, this little freak over here can can find anything anywhere. BB turns over and says, Fuck you forever, actually. Asia just sort of shrugs at them. Find anything? Like, anything, anything? I don't have anything in mind, I'm just curious. I'm just sort of really good at sensing shit, is all. You tell me what to look for, I can find it. I don't have anything I need to find. Alright. I guess I'm just curious. Nah. Uh, You know? All I really know uh, of this whole greater stuff is uh, my brother Emery Magpie Steiner. And whatever we managed to run into down in uh, down in SoCal. Yeah, you unlucky sons of bitches are busy all the fucking time, aren't ya? <sighs> um. Hmm. Not so much. Uh, Emery and Magpie handle a lot of stuff, and I've tried to be more a part of things, but I don't know. They kind of do their own stuff. But yeah, we do get a lot of stuff up down there. I don't envy any of you motherfuckers your positions. And for the first time, Jean speaks up and she says, Alright, BB, you've hit your cuss count for the day. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear another one out of you. And Daisha and BB both flinch when she starts talking. BB says, Yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. All right, then. We have located the mommy. She just... Jean just settles back into the lap of her Cthulhu man boyfriend. Oh, yeah, of course. So, Roxette, you're still being followed by a bird. Just the whole time? Yeah, just the whole time. Bird's still here. So, BB checks out the bird that's on your head, and they ask, okay, so what the heck is up with your bird pet? Is that normal? Oh no, this just happened today, honestly. We've been having these birds show up and follow. Well, just hang out on top of people's heads. I was gonna leave it behind, but I kind of was worried it was going to uh, try and fly all the way up north to meet me, and I didn't want this thing to exhaust itself, whatever's going on with it. Huh. That's real dang bizarre. Uh, Might if I take a look at it? Oh, please, by all means. Careful, it's a, you know, it's a wild bird, so. And, uh, BB is actually kind of short. Like, they come up to, I want to say they're like five foot nothing. Mm -hmm. So they, 
they walk up to you and then they just kind of glare at you because they quite obviously cannot reach the bird on top of your head. <laughs> I move a chair, wait a second, and then I bend down. The word smartass gets about halfway out of their mouth before they cut it off. They will very gently scoop up the bird and sort of like waggle their antennae at it. And at one point, the cardinal nips at it and they actually do swear a cuss. And Jean like slaps on the table. Baby looks quite unhappy with how the entire universe is structured at this moment. It's pronounced octopi. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) But then they, like, snap their fingers real rapidly and point at Deja and say, hey, uh, dummy, get me a map. She rolls her eyes at them and goes into the back room and finds a map of Southern California and puts it on the table. BB walks over to it and like waggles at the bird a little bit more and then points at a mountain range a little ways east of the other two locations that the trackers previously have shorted out. Huh. Actually going to switch back to the map so you all can see precisely where I'm talking about. Where on Trogdor does this bird go? Uh, farther than Trogdor. <sighs> ah, Palm Springs. It's it's the mountain range between Hemet and Palm Springs. Mm. Okay. Do we have tracking on this bird? Probably not. So then they'll look up at you and say, uh, right there. Whatever's looking through the bird is right there. Yeah, that's very helpful. We had gotten, like, out in, like, Hemeth. But, uh, shoot, I'm going to take a picture of this and send it to Grant. He loves conspiracy stuff. I love this. Yeah, all right. No, thanks. You've been a big help, actually. I like to think that BB was the one that called Grant out on his Pepe Sylvia bullshit. <laughs> I'm happy that Cat gets to... Just live out their car cat fantasy bullshit. Excuse you, sir. I just have a small, shouty, cussy... Asshole. Weirdo. Little buggy weirdo on this team. Carcasque. That's all. They're mildly carcasque. The carcassence of carcat. <laughs> Does he have carcassin? <laughs> no, they have an endoskeleton. Damn it! Okay. So, next day rolls around. Uh, You all spend most of the rest of the day hanging out with the people whom you choose to hang out with. You are encouraged, the three of you are encouraged to go to bed early by Emery. Specifically because y'all want to get moving early because it's summer and it actually gets hotter up here than it does in L.A. currently. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of the damnedest thing. I actually looked this up. L.A. 
on this, the uh, 7th of July. Its high was 64. The high up here in Reading is going to be 93. That's a fucking hell of a microclimate. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know how that happened. So, uh, you are encouraged to get to bed early so that you can uh, wake up early and get moving before it really gets hot. And, uh, yeah. Let me ask, who goes to bed early? Hi, yes. Grant, yeah, right, the responsible sure. one. I figure Steiner's probably stolen and got enough of buzz that going to sleep is probably easy. Excellent. Roxanne? Roxanne's sleeping in her own bed. It's fine. Yeah, I Roxanne could just, like, teleport there when not have to deal with a four-hour drive. Roxanne's not gonna miss out on the drive. <laughs> if she can help it. Yeah, Roxanne, what do you do about the bird overnight? Um... Heck. <sighs> I'm gonna imagine that Roxanne has been trying to uh, get Ancora used to being in a carrier because, uh, you know, any responsible pet owner, you know, crate trains their animals every once in a while. So sure, Ancora sure, sure. has to spend the night in the crate and she just leaves the window open for the bird to leave on its own. I'm sure Ancora is extremely unhappy about it. <laughs> The bird does not actually leave. It sort of roosts up on uh, on top of your bookshelf. Just sort of settles in for the night. Alrighty. Once you wake up and... I don't know, does Roxanne still shower? Yes. Most right. days. I mean, you don't sweat. <laughs> Look, it's the appearance of showering. All right. You want people to think you're clean. <laughs> Since you've, uh, you know, gotten up and showered and changed, the bird will flip back down on the top of your head. You know, I really hope you're benign, because I'm going to be really pissed if you've just been spying on me this whole time. For bad reasons. The bird tweets at you. Yeah, I thought you might say that. <laughs> so... Grant, Steiner, how how did the two of you do with early mornings? I mean, Grant wakes up usually around 7 o'clock each morning anyway, so if it's not much earlier than that, then he's fine. I figure if Steiner gets this solid 8 hours, then he's alright. Right on, right on. So, all three teams wake up bright and early, and everybody has the continental breakfast. I'm going to rule quite good at this hotel. <laughs> Roxanne shows up just to steal Grant's bacon from his plate. Uh, rip. Look, if they get somebody to cook for them, I get somebody to cook for me. I, I look at my... I like turn around for a second to talk to somebody, and then I turn around, turn back and it's gone. I'm like, God damn it, she always does this! <laughs> <laughs> That's how she always did it. <laughs> so... After breakfast, all of you can load up into your various cars, and it is a 200-mile drive to Petrolia. That's four and a half hours. 
Wow. Mm. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 99 bottles of beer. I will saw your head off. <laughs> I I will sew your mouth shut. <laughs> and then Magpie speaks up. 98 bottles. <laughs> <laughs> she she starts up and Emery reaches over and like puts their hand on top of her head and presses down a little. They just mess up heads. I look over at her. I look over at her and I'm like, "Thank you for trying." Hey, uh, Roxanne, are you going to be here for this car ride? Well, I want to because I mean, it's better than sitting around the house for an hour and waiting for and waiting for the trip to be over. May as well sit in the car and annoy everyone else. <laughs> all right. So, by the time you all pull up to or get into Petrolia, it's like. One o'clock, one thirty, and it's another like twenty minutes up to the point where you're all going to ditch your cars and uh, head up into the hills. As you get out, every, you can see that everybody is well. Most everybody is armed in some way. Uh, like Jean's got these like big old curved knives. Dacia's got some kind of short sword strapped to like the small of her back. Ayelita's got a big old revolver and Dietrich the greater himbo y'all ever fucking seen the keel smasher from demon souls of course I have yeah Is he's got one of those good 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 Great. is that the is that the thing that they had to that basically ruined everybody's uh equipment oh oh no no, no that's okay. the scraping spear Okay, yeah, I, I see what the it is. The Killsmaster was yep. the big ass sword that you got when you yeah. fight the Dragon God. Yeah, I I never I never got far into Demon's Souls, so but I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Yeah. Oh, what a casual. <laughs> I tried. I tried and I could not get into it. So yeah. He's got this massive fucking keel smasher. Uh Abe has what looks like a sewing kit on his hip. And Melissa has, like, a butterfly knife in a little holster. So the fucking 20 of you can make your way up into the hills. And seems like a couple of the uh, couple of the NorCal ravens have, like, GPS units that they're following. And once you get to a point where it's, like, the, the hills sort of, like, meet a little bit of a peak, you all then walk back down and look at the hillside and Dietrich turns to Groovy and says, all right, Groovy, get to it. Groovy's like, you got it, brother. And they pull out their big old brush and a pot of black ink, and they start, honest to God, drawing a Looney Tunes-style hole into the ground. This is amazing. Oh, no, my trick. (laughs) And, like, he... He just draws it, and then once it's, like, all the way filled in, he steps into the hole, and it actually, like, goes down several feet. And this this goes on. It takes, like, 30 minutes of Groovy painting a hole into the side of the mountain in order to hit a cavern. So is that Good. permanent? Now we can find diamonds. Nah, sister, I got some turpentine I can throw on this. 
Of course it's good. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So the cavern is, you're like, you're in the ceiling of it because you've been sort of angling down. And it is a massive drop to the bottom. And so there's a there's just like a, a series of like Ash p- picks people up with their magical hands and like lowers them to the ground. Tommy seems to like channel Buddy briefly. Like Roxanne, you're the only one who can see it happen. Like Buddy sort of leaps into Tommy, and Tommy grows these like gnarly black and rainbow claws and uses them to like scale down the wall. Yeah. Okay. Dietrich and Benny just fucking leap. They don't give a fuck. But every, everybody makes their way down in their own way. How do the how do the three of you make your ways down? I just fucking teleport. Right on. Valid. I mean, I can see the bottom. I can teleport there. I'm, I'm gonna do something that is beyond human limitation and just feather fall my way down. Roll it. Fucking wizard boy. Can somebody please Grant help me falls out? and breaks his neck. <laughs> somebody please help him out. Please. No. Please. <laughs> Grant dies immediately into this adventure. Um, I, I guess I'm going to roll the help out then. Please uh, do. Uh, I would like to choose one glitch and not all of the glitches except one. <sighs> Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's roll cool. A nine. A nine. All right. I just... I'm <laughs> so. sorry, but I really enjoy the mental image of Grant trying to be like, what up, I'm a wizard, and then just stepping off of this cliff <laughs> and just planting. <laughs> like, forming a Looney Tunes crater into the ground. There's... there. That is a pretty funny image, but, um... Let's see here. You know what? One harm, ignore armor. Yeah, okay. Eh, <laughs> he falls slightly too fast. Roxanne has to yeah. catch him. Yeah. <laughs> and then she drops him on his ass. Uh, Steiner, how are you getting down? Steiner's gonna um, 3D print himself up a grappling hook and some rope or something. Right on. Just zip I'll allow down. It. <laughs> okay. So, like I said before, the the cavern is a couple hundred feet. Actually, I'm going to go bigger than that. I want to say it's like... It's like almost a thousand feet tall, this cavern. And, uh... As it, it is pitch black as you get down. But as, as you are just sort of, like, getting your bearings and, like, Groovy is painting, like, orbs of light into the air for everybody to navigate by, there is... There is a light coming towards you all from up the tunnel. All right. Okay. Seems to just be sort of rolling down. Is someone coming to meet us, or is that just not supposed to happen? I don't think any of us have any idea what this is. Pulling out the wand. Not the absolute zero wand, the regular wand that I use to keep up appearances. Yeah, I'll pull out my whip, too. Let me just throw my goggles on and cycle through vision see if I can spot this alright well Steiner you're able to sort of make out what's happening first and everybody else you understand you sort of get a better idea of what's happening as uh, as it gets closer there is 
something against the far wall. And it is massive. Like, this cavern's about a thousand feet tall. It almost fills it. Is it a giant worm? And as it gets close, and as the, the light gets closer, it, like, rolls down the length of whatever this is. And you can see it's, like, vaguely cylindrical. This massive yeah. shape. Cylindrical? Okay. If anybody would like to roll me investigate a mystery, there's some information you might be able to glean yeah, from this first bit I of information. Can, I this first situation. Shot. Shot. Hmm. Hey! Alright. Grant rolls an eight, and Roxanne rolls a seven. Grant, you get one. What's it gonna be? Um what sort of creature is it? It's a worm. I mean, that's kind of the long and short of it. It has yeah. it has a sort of like you can see just like the the light that's rolling up it hugs its frame and you can see that it like gets a little bit smaller in some places. So it has a sort of like segmented form, but it is just this like continuous long round-ish shape. Hmm. Also, Grant, don't forget you have a special question for your Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, class. What kind of magic was done here? It's the damnedest fucking thing. Because you know that's magic. The light that's rolling up. Let's be, let's not mince words anymore here. The great worm. Mm -hmm. You know that that's magic, but like, like you can't read the magic at all. There's, it, it isn't formatted like any magic you've ever seen before. Like the, the language that you, you can sort of like perceive its shape, but like the language of the spell, the how it was put together, the energy that it's made of, you don't recognize any of it. Ah, it was all written in Ruby. Literally, it's like a programming language you've never seen before. Hmm. Okay. Roxanne, you have one question. Yeah, um... The only question that really makes sense to ask is, I mean, I'm not going to ask what can hurt it. That would be a really stupid question, I guess, because I don't think I'd get a good answer. Nope. Yeah, what's being concealed here? What is happening here that isn't obvious? The material that the great worm is composed of is like pinging something in the back of your head. Like, something in the back of your head is telling you, huh, that's really familiar. Is it literally the same thing my skin is made out of? It is not the same thing your skin is made of. Okay, what color is it, then? It's very gray. Huh. Does it seem Elysian? Elysian in? It does not. Okay. Gray, huh? So, uh, at the the rest of the group also sort of checks out this uh, this phenomenon, and it it like keeps happening. Like the the light rolls past you across the surface of the great worm, which, you know, again, I don't I don't think I can emphasize this too much. This is like it's got a diameter of like seven or eight hundred feet. And it, it goes like, like the, the light keeps traveling down it and eventually it like 
you it gets so far away that you just can't see it anymore. But eventually another wave comes up it, and eventually again, so th there's like some sort of light just like rolling down its length in waves. And after everybody's like looked it over, Melissa turns to the rest of the group and says, so I think the best course of action is to head in the direction the light's coming from. That's probably where the head is. Yeah. I hope everybody's wearing comfortable shoes. I mean, I could just stay here and meet you at the end, but I guess I'll come with you. So we'll all turn and start walking. And it's a, it's a long hike. You've got you've got miles before you get up there. Grant. Hmm. As you get further up, the spot in the center of your forehead kind of aches a little. Uh, the eyeball wants to come out and play. Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you, uh, as you get farther up the worm, for the first time in months, your headache is starting to come back. Well, that's something. So it's a couple hours walk to get up to where the head is. And you, you know you're getting close because you can all sort of see where, like, the end of it, like, tapers into what is probably the head. You can you can see where the, the light like begins to spread out into the full diameter. So you you know you're getting there. But once you like get there, there is a point of light like on top of the worm. Hmm. As you get closer and closer and closer, it begins to resolve. There is someone sitting on the head of the worm. They seem to be glowing. And as you all pull up to the head of it, this figure stands and steps off the head of the worm and lowers down to ground level. And the pale rider says, it's excellent to finally meet my opponents face to face. Well, shit. and that's where I'm cutting that. I was, I was, I figured that's where you're cutting it. <laughs> Put on a shirt. Even the himbo's wearing a shirt. Ah, <laughs> oh, so end of session. Did oh. we conclude a part of the current mystery? Uh, yeah, we finally figured out what, who the fuck the Pale Rider is, and apparently he's some fucking angel thing. I'll be, I'll be describing this individual in more detail in, in next yeah. session. You yeah, he's so an RPG final boss, final form ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> nah, nah, not uh. quite Eldritch Horror enough. Maybe second form. <laughs> so, mm. uh... Did we save someone from certain death or worse? No. Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? I mean, we've met certainly yeah. a lot of hunters, but not one of the hunters, no. You guys are the hunters. Yeah, the ram is like 
the ram wants Steiner's dick. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'm willing to count that one. Uh, did we learn something new and important about the world? Uh, yeah. The size of the great worm, essentially. So I leveled up. <laughs> oh, I did anybody um, level up with those three experience? Is it three total? Okay, cool. That's two. Um, yeah. Two, 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 two. Okay, all right. Um, I did level up last session, and I didn't take anything uh, during that session. Um, I was going to tell you what I took this time. Uh, I mean, not this time, but for that level up, is uh, I took Mm -hmm. Mm a move from the Action Scientist playbook called Engineering. Uh, When you need to quickly fix or break a complicated gadget, roll plus sharp on a 10 plus, it's fixed or broken. Just like you want it on a 7 and a 9, you need more time to study it. Choose to fix or break it with now unknown side effects and take more time. And on a miss, you do the worst possible thing, which usually involves an explosion. (laughs) Got it. I'm being very boring, and I'm just taking a plus one to any rating, and I'm upping my tough from one to two. Right on. I did not level up. All right. Ah, so... You have all seen the Great Worm and its Pale Rider. God, I've been holding this in for so long. (laughs) I cannot wait for you to properly interact with the Pale Rider next session. I am opening up with even the himbos wearing a shirt, and I am hoping <sighs> most. I am hoping neither of the himbos think I am t- talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also got to meet all of the cool weirdos I came up with. I hope you loved them all. I do. I love, I all love them. them. Most of them. I don't love Jack. Most of them. I should clarify, I don't think Groovy is cool, but I still love Groovy as, like, a concept, because it is... He, he, he rules. I think Colin just likes any kind of weed jokes, even though he is straight edge. <laughs> no, I just... I mostly fell in love with the art of Groovy before anything. Alright. So, let me ask, who's everybody's favorite California raven? Uh, I like John and John yeah. simply because I like how you've worked you finally worked the pair romantic into the game and also John is a cool Cthulhu monster yeah HP Lovercraft is pretty great <laughs> followed very closely by uh, t- the Tommy Buddy power up mostly be- again because of the art Personal. it's a close tie for me I'm really not sure <laughs> give me them both Okay. My favorite is actually probably George. But mm-hmm. I really like De- I really like Deja's big hair. I like big hair. <laughs> Just like big hair, a fan of hair. big hair. Maybe the biggest hair. Every day Chloe wakes up and curses that she was not born in the 80s. <laughs> Just big hair. My hair actually gets really big when it gets longer, but not that big now. How about you, Abe? Who's your favorite? Hmm. I mean, they're all pretty good, but if I had to pick one, and... You know what? Guess what mine is, because I guarantee you, you'll be wrong. Huh. Ash. Fuck 
off. How? <laughs> Seriously, how? Did you just guess? <laughs> no, I just went with the one that seemed the least obvious. Ah. Uh, Gold star for Chloe. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for listening, folks at home. Thank you for playing, my players. I hope everybody had fun tonight. Uh, next week, these idiots are going to get to interact with the final boss. Boy, this this thing's going to end really fast, huh? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna end at the midpoint. I'm so excited. We are so much we're gonna shit get is the gonna secret happen. ending for beating the final boss before you're supposed to. <laughs> And then we get to talk with all the developers in the secret room after you uh, <laughs> beat Lavos. Excellent. Look forward to it. Cool. Unfortunately, it's just me. I'm just the developer, so you're just going to get to talk to me more. Hey, the, art, the, art, the artist credit is like, is like, it takes three hours to scroll through it. 